Hey everybody, I'm Nick Galfis. I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hey, Shy Hards, welcome to episode 180 of Meet Us at Molly's. 180. Wow. I know. Crazy. Wow. Uh, we are covering the episodes from, well, you know, two days ago, the ones that you just watched on Wednesday, 614, 914, and 814. Guys, it's been a week, okay? Like, I think every Shy Hard feels that. I'm, I'm, I feel so, like, emotionally exhausted and beat up from one Chicago this week. I know. It's like the calendar turned May and they're like, here, put, like, let's have you in all your feelings. Okay, thanks. And I'm like, okay, no, let's not. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm just, uh, that's how I feel. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired from, not tired of, but like, one Chicago has me tired this week just because it's been a roller coaster and I think we, we're all feeling it. I hate finale month. I hate it so much. I mean, I, I love so it much. and I hate it at all at the same time. But I really hate it this time. Right, right. Okay, so we got to start with the most obvious news. So on Wednesday morning, deadline, fucking deadline. It's always deadline. Fucking deadline. Deadline broke the news that Yaya DaCosta and Tori DeVito will be leaving Chicago Med at the end of season six. It hurts. It really hurts. It hurts. It, it never gets easier. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It always hurts. And there's always that moment where you get the tweet and it just like takes your breath away for a second. Yeah, I literally saw that in the group chat and I was like, wait, is this real? I was like, please no. I was like, we're not doing this. And then I was no. like, holy shit. Holy shit. So both actresses are out of contract at the end of season six. Both of their contracts are up. They've both decided to move on to other projects. It sucks, you guys. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And it hurts. It really does. However, they're going on to some pretty badass projects. They really are, though. They really are. So Yaya is going on to a pilot over on Fox called These Kind of People, Those Kind of People. Our Kind of People. Our Kind of People. She is going to be Queen Bee on that series. She's the lead. Um, it just, I had the description pulled up and then I like didn't pull it up, but let me pull it back up because I need to read this. She is going to shine on the show. Let me tell you. It's going to be amazing. And Tori's yeah. got the um, indie feature, Skelly, which sounds really good too. Um, so yeah, they're definitely going on to, you know, other things that it sound really great, but it doesn't make it hurt any less either. Yeah, exactly. Which we'll exactly. talk about in a second, but yeah. Okay, so here is here is the article from Deadline. Yeah, not the not the haha we spoiled it again because we're joy suckers article, but the hey, here's what Yaya's going on to article. Freaking Deadline. Okay, so let me see here. Uh, okay, so it's based on a book, um, written by. Make sure I get all this right not giving me a name however okay so it says our kind of people the drama which received a straight to series order for the 21-22 season takes place in the aspirational world of oak bluffs on martha's vineyard a historical stronghold where the rich and powerful black elite have come to play for more than 50 years our kind of people follow strong-willed single mom angela vaughn that's yaya 
as she sets out to reclaim her family's name and make an impact with her revolutionary hair care line that highlights the innate natural beauty of black women. But she soon discovers a dark secret about her mother's past that will turn her world upside down and shake up this community forever. Does that not have Yaya written all over it? I am so excited. I cannot wait to watch it. It sounds so good. She is going to slay. Yeah, I really haven't watched a ton. I mean, besides 911 and Lone Star, of course, I haven't watched a ton of Fox. And I feel like in the last little bit, like Fox is just kind of like a I forget about it channel. (laughs) Um, But like, damn, that sounds so good. I can't wait to tune in. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks really, really good. I mean, we were so sad when we read this news, but then we immediately read that. We were like, oh, wow. Oh, cool. It's like, I'm still sad, but like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, big time. And then- if you're going to leave, that is what you leave for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking up the, the description for Tori's movie now, her indie movie. Um, let me pull that up because this is another one where I was like, nice. Um, okay, so DeVito joins John Palladino, Brian Cox, and Judah Abner Paul in the cast of Skelly. Skelly centers on an 11-year-old boy named Jonah whose grandfather dies, plunging his dad into a state of grief that Jonah can't comprehend. It triggers an obsession with mortality for Jonah as he and his friends put together the annual haunted house. DeVito will play the boy's mom. Um, I don't don't recognize any of these other names that are joining her except for Brian Cox. Brian Cox plays Logan Roy on Succession. So that is going to be awesome. Yeah, it sounds really good too. So I, I'm I'm so sad that they're leaving med. I really am. However, this is the situation we run into when you have a show that's been on the air for so long is that people grow and people move on and it sucks, but it happens. Yeah, and contracts end too. Like we've talked about this before because obviously now this has happened a couple of times to us since we've done mm-hmm. this podcast. So we've talked about the various things and I, as much as, sucks to see them leave I'd rather them get to leave on their own terms and have it be their choice and for them to move on to things that they want to do like you said people change and people grow I'm glad that it wasn't like a situation we had the last time people left med where you know it was the writer's choice and the writers forced them out because of storyline you know choices Uh, this was their choice and I you know I, I I that's all I can I can support that like, yeah, is, sucks, yeah, but I can support that. Yeah, and don't forget, I mean, actors and actresses, this is their job the same way that, you know, I do my day job, the same way Brenda does her day job, that if you're in a job and you're tired of it and then you're you're wanting to move on, you look for another job. That's how this is. It's It sucks for us, but it's good for them. It will say, though, it is going to be da- – I mean – We've pretty much had, for the most part, yes, people have left, but, like, we've had a lot of the same OG cast from Med for a long time, and obviously this was the end of everyone's contracts because this is the end of their initial contracts. And so it's going to be weird without them. Like, it's going to be really weird next season to see turn it on and be like, where is Natalie? And I'm like, oh, shit, Natalie's not here anymore. It's, it's going to be really weird, but at the same time, I, I won't lie, watching Med last night, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little, like, I'm kind of excited for how the next couple seasons are going to look. There's, there's a lot of opportunity to go a lot of different ways. Yeah, I, it, it, there definitely is. And I think hopefully some other characters will maybe get, you know, a little bit, you know, more of the spotlight. Like, I would love to see more Maggie, mm-hmm. um, more Goodwin, people who we haven't gotten to see, like, a ton, a ton of, mm-hmm. Um 
but it is going to be weird. And also what a lot of people mentioned to us too, when, you know, cause a lot of people sent us thoughts and we were responding to a bunch of DMs the last 24 hours, but a lot of people mentioned too, that like with Yaya leaving and with Tori leaving, there are no more ships on med. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. That is correct. They just, with the, both of them leaving, like there are no more ships. And like a lot of people are sad because it's ending their favorite ships. I, I, yeah. And I know, I know you in particular are, are, are very sad about Mansell. I mean, I am sad. I, I think I'm more sad though, honestly, that like, I, cause I kind of knew deep down that I didn't think they would be like end game, end game. Like I kind of always thought that like whenever med ended in like 20 years from now or whatever, that like it was going to be Natalie and Will. Like I just kind of always thought that maybe if Crockett came in and made like such an impact that maybe it would veer things differently. But I kind of just wish they'd gotten a little bit more of a chance. That's mm-hmm. where my heart <laughs> feels. But like, yeah, I am sad a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. it sucks. So. It does suck. Um, and I mean, that that news actually came on the heels of a rumor, which like, if you, I mean, of course, we're all shy hearts listening to this. But like, if you're a shy heart, you've had a very stressful week. It's been a very, <laughs> you're very tense, right? Yeah. I, we're feeling it. Okay, so. I mean, it's only it's only right that we talk about the other rumor that popped up this week before that. Uh, rumor. Emphasis rumor. on rumor. Keyword rumor. is rumor. 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 I cannot say that enough. Rumor. Okay. So a rumor pops up early this week. It's on a website. I'm not going to say it. I don't. On an Instagram. On an Instagram story. On an Insta story? Well, that's where the first part came, but yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm old, dude. I didn't even know what that website was until it got sent to us. I was like, the fuck is this? What is this? I've never heard of this in my life. However... Okay, so blind item, random thing pops up on an Instagram story. You guys know what website it is, but we don't know if they're reputable, so we're not going to say. Total blind item. Somebody's just like, I have tea. Taylor Kenny wants out, and they're going to basically, like, either write him out or kill him at the end of season uh, season nine. Because his contract is up. His contract is up. That's, yeah. Which is correct. His contract is up. Yes. His and Jesse's contracts are both up. Yes. But that's like a wild ass rumor. Like anybody could just, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's been a very stressful week. Yeah. And then especially because kind of what we've now been able to piece together about the finale, it's just fueled the fire on the internet and it's just been, yeah, stressful it's been, is an understatement. It's been exhausting and it's been very stressful. Yes. Yes. So um, to have the Yaya and Tori news right on the heels of that rumor we're just like I'm on edge I'm on edge too I'm on edge too I mean I guess it can really happen anytime but like even after the finales but like especially these next two weeks oh man oh man I know it's it's like it's like any moment you could just like go back to your daily life and then like resurface in any moment deadline could be like oh you're having a good day let's squash that what especially too because it happened in like literally the middle of a day the yaya and tori one came down in the middle of the day and i was lucky that we weren't too busy at work because i literally lost all focus i was like how do i focus after this our whole group chat was like the fuck do we do for the rest of the day like we're actually supposed to focus but actually though i was like like, what do i and then it was like one chicago wednesday and i was like how do i focus i I, yeah yeah like deadline zapped us of all of our one chicago energy before one chicago wednesday Never forget that time two years ago either when the the real deadline spoiler party happened when they dropped the three. The trio. Yeah, I was gonna say which one because they spoiled Monica too. 
Yeah, but that was at least, I think that was at least like an hour before the finale, right? That was I like, like right before. I thought it was like the day before. Okay, either way, within like right striking distance of the finale, mm-hmm. the Norma Colin uh, John. John one was like three weeks. It was like the same time this one. And we were like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just. Um, we yeah. feel your pain, guys. We're. we're- we, yes definitely yeah. we're stressed out and we're tired too <laughs> yeah so yaya and tori both made instagram posts just kind of saying goodbye to their characters in the show and you know both of them were just very like you know thank you for the past five six years it's been wonderful and i mean yeah we could spend hours upon hours just going back and forth and saying this sucks this sucks and it does it sucks I hate change but also they're moving on to some really awesome stuff yeah and it was their choice and that's all you know yeah i support that yeah they're getting to move on and grow on their own terms and we will always support them and anytime they want to come on the podcast open invite open invite because yaya is literally i was thinking about this today yaya is the only person who's like currently on the shows Mm -hmm. you know this these seasons who we've never or i've you've never met her either but like Mm -hmm. i've never met or interviewed you're no i've never met or interviewed her either yep but she's the only person the only one from met or from all three from all three you've interviewed Eamon mm-hmm. I have not we both have interviewed Amy okay I'm going I'm thinking of all the characters that we haven't like yeah yeah we both have interviewed for me, Amy for me at least she's the only one you've interviewed Jason mm-hmm. I took a picture with Jason I don't think that counts though yeah no I think you're right I think you're right well yeah. if we if we count Stephen Weber but I don't think we count him no okay no. oh Oliver did you interview Oliver mm-hmm. okay at one Chicago I mean if it wasn't for one Chicago day then yeah, yeah. a lot of these people wouldn't count but yeah yeah, yeah. crazy so, so yeah it's a bummer but she's she's gonna slay but I mean again open invite I mean I don't care what they want to talk about if they're just like hey we want to come on and just like talk about something random I'll be like okay you can anytime, take anytime. The pod. go for it <laughs> so <sighs> that's news that's one bit of news because uh, you know we're not like our nerves aren't frayed enough, right? We have episode descriptions for the finales. Just, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Start us off with Med, Brenna. Okay. Med 616 is titled, I Will Come to Save You. Carol receives a second chance at life when a new heart becomes available. Ethan and Dean find themselves in hot water with an old patient and Will faces consequences of the stolen trial medication. I just, I, 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 we, I think we all have an idea of which way this is going with Will and Natalie now, um, especially knowing that Tori's leaving, but yeah. yeah. I am curious about this Ethan and Dean storyline though. Yeah. Um, with an old oh my God. Patient. What if it's the patient from this week? I don't know. And like, does an old patient mean like old as in prior to the med days or old patient meaning old as in like the season i i i don't know i don't know either i don't but the know Ethan and dean just relationship is intriguing we'll so. we'll get there i've we'll got stuff there. to we'll say about there. dean yeah. we'll, we'll oh. get there yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so fire 916 is called no survivors which like <laughs> what, what? <laughs> i'm scared why why do you hate us derek and literally, I just like, I, literally, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> really? Like, really? Makes really? me think, it makes me think of the song from SpongeBob about fun. Do you know that song? 
what F is for friends. You do, do things together. Yeah. Use for uranium bombs. <laughs> Insert here. Yeah. <laughs> F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. F is for fire that burns down the whole town. Use for uranium bombs. N is for no survivors when you're like done. Yeah. And it's for no survivors. Yeah. So um the firehouse reacts to some exciting news. A mysterious stranger arrives and a shocking call takes Severide's breath away. Okay. All right. Listen, listen. First off, exciting news is either Chloe had the baby or Celeride is engaged. Or both. Or both. Hey, I would love both. I would love that. I think it's probably the Celeride engagement. I don't feel like Chloe's popping any this season, but I could be wrong. Okay. Who the hell knows about the mysterious stranger or whatever? Um, but... I feel like they're trolling us so hard with this episode title and the last line of this description. They're trolling so hard. Okay, obviously the episode title was a Derek thing, right? Or the writer's room thing, because that comes from the writer's room. Yeah. This description, though, comes from whoever at NBC decided to, you know, put these words together. And I'm just like, wow. Somebody at NBC was feeling a little feisty that day. But actually, though. Because we, we know we're getting scuba sev in the finale. We know. We know it's it's very obvious. Takes Severide's breath away. Yeah, real cute, real cute. Can we go back to this mysterious stranger for one second, though? Yeah, I have no idea, and it's like really bothering me. Like, for who a mysterious stranger, and then for who? Like, who are they going to interact with? I just have so many questions. Yeah, that that I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no clue. Like, for who? Who who haven't we met? Who like we've been talking about meeting? Right, mysterious stranger. It just says arrives and arrives where at the firehouse at so-and-so's apartment at the, like where? I know. I know. know. Okay. So the predictions for the finale, like my prediction for the finale, which I think everybody kind of like, it's along the lines of everybody's prediction. Okay. So we know we're getting scuba sap. We know takes his breath away. (laughs) Real cute. Uh, I mean, it's quite obvious. I, and they were filming at Navy Pier as early as like two days ago, which was Monday, yes, Tuesday, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, I think they were at Navy Pier. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the obvious answer is that there's some sort of call that requires Seb to go into the, 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 is that the lake, the Lake water. Michigan? It's not the river, whatever. He goes in the water and he doesn't come out. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think so. At same. And that's the cliffhanger is, yeah. He just oh, it's like full on One Tree Hill, like end of season three, like Haley on the bridge, except it's Stella on the ledge screaming like Kelly. Well, a lot of people have said too, it's like probably going to be Stella Ride's version of You're My Miracle. And yeah. I'm I'm not okay with this. <laughs> Me either. I'm laughing, but I'm like, it's because I'm not okay. We're, we're in this, like, we're in this time period right now where we're, you know, we're not two, three weeks out from the finale. So that like- We're every, less than two weeks at this point. I don't, what is time anymore? What is time? I know. But we're at a point now where like the more articles that come out hyping up this finale, the worse it's getting, right? Because we're, we're two weeks out. So it's like more and more time to like think about things and ruminate on them. And so, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm Watch just us wake up on finale day and we're gonna be like, we figured it out. Like the apocalypse is coming to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Brutal, brutal. PD, take us through that one. Okay, PD 816 is called The Other Side. 
Boyd and the team muster all their expertise to bring down a deadly crime ring. Burgess finds herself in a dangerous situation. I'm less worried about this one than I am the others. You're less worried? I'm definitely most worried about fire. Yeah. Well, and okay, then PD and then med. I'm, I'm not worried about med. I'm not as worried for Burgess. I'll put it that way. Because everybody's like, oh my God, is Marina leaving? I'm like, okay. I just. Yeah, I don't think Marina. But I am. I just, I'll say I'm nervous for Burgess only because of now the Michaela stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? Like, we just got them in a good place. Like, Burgess adopted Michaela or is in the process, at least, of adopting Michaela. And now we're going to go, because of all that talk we just had, now we're going to go risk Burgess's life. We're like, really? Right. Really? Like, we right. just named her custodian. And now we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to go put your life in jeopardy. And I'm like, oh, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I feel okay about Burgess because like if she gets taken or like whatever, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going to happen, but like Ruzik is going to stop at nothing to make sure she comes back. I do want to know what the hell they're doing with that picture. You know, that picture that was going around of the car in the lake or river or whatever it is. Yeah. And then like they're like walking around it. And I do want to know what that is though. I, I am. I don't know. I'm not going to fret. I mean, it's been eight seasons. Chicago PD hasn't really drowned anybody yet. So like Although, 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 if we are continuing the pattern, this would be the season. Somebody leaves. It's an even season. No, wait. Fuck. No, No. somebody leaves. It's an even season. Yeah, it's an even season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because last year or season seven, we counted Doyle, right? Yes. Yeah. And it also wasn't intentionally the finale. So we just kind of skipped over it. We just kind of needed to fit the pattern. Yeah. But yes, so just keep oh that in mind. Gosh. Yeah, somebody leave. Pattern is held strong so far, so. <laughs> it really has, though. It's scary. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Okay, so those are your descriptions. We've also got a Matt's inside line. Matt's been pouring down a lot of inside lines today or this week. I feel like there was another one that dropped, like, today on Thursday. Well, yeah, this one's from last week, and I don't know how we missed it. I think because we'd already recorded early, so we didn't even see it. But this There's a fire scoop in this week. week's. Oh, well, I didn't see it, so... Um, I'm going to look it up now if you will take us through last week's. So this one from last week was a question about, of course, fire season finale. And it comes from Lauren, and it said, what is one thing we can expect? And literally the first line says, how about everything? (laughs) It says... The last two episodes are really are as big as events as you can get in Chicagoland, showrunner Derek Hass teases. We really looked at them as two gigantic installments with a bunch of storylines coming together and some real finale trauma, for lack of a better word. The season ender, in particular, will be like one of the past finales that we've done where there is some major spectacle happening. We didn't get to do it last year because the pandemic ended our season on really a pretty basic episode. So this year, we're pulling out all the stops. For the last 10 minutes, it took writing it way back in January so we could get prepped for what we're going to do. It is quite a production. Can we all just make a deal at this point in time to not ask Derek any more questions about the finale? The more questions we ask him, the more he hypes it up, the more stressed out and nervous we all get. I guess the only positive to this is that Derek is not on Twitter right now to be hyping it up himself yeah but yeah Yeah. 
I, okay. I am curious from the like production standpoint though if they really did have to go plan this out in January for them in order to like film it correctly like I would I am curious to see I do like the production side of it and seeing how they do film all these like big spectacles so I think from that angle it will probably be really awesome what worries me is that they wrote this back in January to plan like a big exit but I'm hoping I'm wrong I know I know why'd you say that because I'm thinking it oh Jesus Ugh. okay so anyway. this week's Matt's Inside Line, we had two fire questions. So we had one from Fiona. It said, will we get any major Stella ride content during these last episodes of Chicago Fire? Yes. Now that Stella has passed her lieutenant's <laughs> exam and Severide is thinking marriage, and I quote, there are going to be some major events happening in their lives that are not all sunshine and roses, oh. Derek Haas says. Uh. And the quote to the season one finale, <laughs> the sunshine and roses, Derek, Derek, why, why? So mean. Okay, so, but rather than issues between the couple, it will be, and I quote, external circumstances that challenge the pair. Which, and we know from the promo now what that is. I guess it's, you know, that Stella supposedly doesn't have a spot at 51. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, the second question is from Christy. I can handle this one. Okay. Could you ask Chicago Fire's Derek Haas if we have seen the last of John Ecker as Greg Granger this season? <laughs> That's it. I can work with that question. Okay. The May 5th episode was indeed Ecker's last appearance, for now at least. He says, I really like him. He told TV Line, I would definitely want to see him again next season. Yes, please. Yes, yeah, please. Don't come between Brett and Casey. Don't come between Brett and Casey and don't <laughs> anybody. You're not replacing anybody because everybody's staying. Yeah. It, what she said this is nerve-wracking like i don't recall ever being this stressed out over season finales i'm trying to like look back on season finales yeah no because we've always thought they were going to be fine and then otis died and we were like oh shit we got to be prepared for everything now yep, yep. we always yep. thought yep. we were safe and then that yep. finale happened and we're not yep 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 so anyway that's all the news we have um for now i don't know like <laughs> this could be one of those nights where we finished recording and you know I have to turn the microphones back on oh god i know right like i don't know this this could be like that night that we recorded and we came out and like the nba suspended their season tom hanks had covid like yeah yeah Oh, God. Things have happened sometimes when we record. Remember that one season where we found out they were renewed in the middle of recording? In the, the middle of recording, yes, yeah. yes. Um, some of our friends, um, Jennifer and Kari, they have they have started a, a podcast for The Rookie, which is a great show. Um, it's called Shop Talk Pod. Definitely go check that out. But um, we're still waiting on renewal news for The Rookie, which is just I maddening. saw that ABC renewed five unscripted shows today, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> like damn it abc and every single website has them as like a sure bet to be renewed we're waiting on it but uh the other day we were kind of hyping them up we told them we're like listen it could happen while you're recording and that would be awesome because it's happened to us yeah it has yeah oh god i just i don't even know i'm gonna turn my phone over because i don't i don't know i don't want deadline to ruin recording mine is like behind my computer turned face down i can't yeah it's brutal brutal okay so in positive news we've got three new patrons to shout out three that's so exciting so exciting. I know. Okay. So patron shout outs. Allison G is a long time listener. We love Allison. Yes, and she's and now we a patron. Met her in Chicago and I met her in DC too. So yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. I met her in Chicago. Yes. Allison, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We love you. 
Yeah, and Melanie, Melanie Troop is another one we met in Chicago. Yeah, we know Melanie. Yeah. We know Melanie. So, yes, Melanie. So glad you are finally on board the patron fam. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And last up is Brianna Lovejoy. Thank you for supporting us, Brianna. I hope all three of you have requested entry into the Facebook group. You know. Okay, good, good. 9.9% sure they have. Yeah. Um, in case you missed it, we're having a happy hour for our patrons on June 3rd. So, Yeah. Yeah, patron happy hour, all sorts of cool perks. Um, you can definitely check out the link at our socials and find out which tier is right for you. Um, lots of cool stuff. I mean, the Facebook group, bonus episodes, discount to the merch store, happy hour, which is going to be really fun. Um, yeah, so check that out. I'm it's so excited. Information. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. I think we've got really like fun. 18, 19 people who have RSVP'd so far. Yeah, that's going to so, be really fun. Yeah, that's going to be really, really fun. So, Okay. That's all the news for now. Like, everybody take a breath. We're good. Deadline hasn't hurt us yet. Again. <laughs> Stretch it out before med. Because, yeah. like, it's already that time. You know it's bad if we're stretching out before med. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, med. Let's go. All right. We're going to start with Natalie. Because, like, why not? Okay. So, Natalie comes in with Carol, who has been intermittently passing out. So, Nat's freaking out. Of course, they get Carol into a room, and Will is already there. And Nat's just like, well, oh my God, what are you doing here? Like the one time she's not happy to see Will. And Will's like, I'm up and it's your mom? Hello. So Will asks Natalie for the, the medications that she's taking and Nat like rattles them off. And Carol's kind of like, she's not like delirious, but she's not a hundred percent there. But Nat's rattling them off and Carol pipes up and she goes, don't forget that other one you put me on. You know, the little blue one. And Nat's like, oh, it's fish oil. Okay. Because yeah, who's going to believe that? Definitely not Will. Definitely not Will. Definitely not Will. Will sees right through that shit. It's like plastic wrap. Will's just like, and you're lying. You are a lying liar who lies. And bingo. Yes. Bingo. Nat is so busted. So, so busted. busted. And she knows it too. And she knows it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she runs to the car in like a panic, takes out all of the trial meds, and like she, she opens up, she, ha- she has her mom's like pill thing. It's like the weekly pill organizer. She opens them up and takes out the blue ones and pockets them. First off, good for her that she didn't spill them everywhere. Holy shit. Like I would have done that. I don't know. But yeah, she pockets them. I'm like, that's a great idea, Natalie. Great idea. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Young takes Carol to do an echo and we find out that Carol's heart is working perfectly. So I don't know. Um, yeah, Natalie's like, wow, that's so weird. And Will's like, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> and like glares. Um, and Dr. Young like explains that it's something called like suck down syndrome or something where like her yeah. heart is her heart is working so perfectly that it's like sucking in like the ventricle wall or something. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't even know. But yeah, it's too perfect. So like they take the mom to do the echo and they get the results and everything. And Will just looks at her and it's like, must be the fish oil. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, okay, Will. I was like, I'm on, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then I yeah. wasn't. So it goes from like zero to a hundred at that point because Will is mad. Will's like really mad. He's so mad. Like we don't see him get this mad ever. Mm-mm. No. You are dosing your mother with an untested clinical trial drug, Natalie, without supervision or monitoring. We don't know how the drug interacts with an LVAD. It could kill her. You need to come clean right now. Will. Will, I, 
I... Give me that. No. Well, wait. Wait, wait. You heard the cardiologist. Mom's heart is pumping harder. The drugs could be working. We don't know that for sure. Please, I am desperate. And everything you said about the drug was good. I didn't think I was putting Mom in any danger. This is really bad, Ned. So I was like, I, for when he said this is really bad, I was like, yeah, Will, like, get her, Will, drag her, yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, and I'm not even, like, a Team Will person. I was like, you go, Will. I was like, you go, Glenn Coco. Like, yes. <laughs> for, for you, Glenn Coco. Yeah. But actually, though, I was like, yeah, Will. And then I wasn't. <laughs> I feel like we fall for this every time. Like, every single episode, we're like, yeah, Will's going to do the right thing. Will's standing up. He's going to drag that person. Oh, never mind. Nope. Never mind. No. So. No. Okay, so Sabina drops by and Will lies his ass off. Sabina's like, I was just popping by. I just wanted to see how everything's going. And Will's like, everything's great. Like shuts the computer where he's researching like worst case scenario. So he's like, yeah, everything's wonderful. And then he also is like, so Sabina, hypothetical question. Um, how would this drug interact with an LVAD? And Sabina's like, why the fuck would you do that? That would be so stupid. Like, why? Are you an idiot, Will? Yeah, like, yeah, because the, the drug is basically like a chemical LVAD. So, like, Natalie at first is like, hey, is a dry cough a side effect of the drug? And Will's like, why? And then we turn around and Will's just like, hey, how would this interact with an LVAD? Just curious. And, and Sabina's, Sabina's like, like, why? Stupid? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Um, this is also where I kind of was starting to think, okay, you know, now that we know that Tori and Yaya are leaving, I would not mind seeing Sabina up to a regular. I would like to get, oh, her, get to know her more. I would, I would, I would be here for that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to that. get her, know her more. And I would definitely like to see the relationship between she and Ethan evolve. Yes. 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 Give me that. Yeah. And plus, I mean, you could, you like, she puts Will in his place ish. I mean. Yeah. When it would also be like, I mean, before Will went and fucked things up, like, I do like the clinical trial side. Like, mm-hmm. I think that stuff is interesting in terms of storylines and storytelling and stuff. Um, but then Will went and fucked it up, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think she should stick around, 100%. So Natalie is about to come clean to Crockett about all of it and be like, hey, Crockett, I've been lying my ass off for weeks. But Will grabs her. So Will is like, okay. I messed with some things. I tinkered with it. I pretty much turned the L-band down to like the lowest setting and the drug is working and like it's working well. This is just so like, just just listen to the audio. We can't ask Kendra for a compassionate use exemption. And who knows what they'll do when they find out. Maybe they don't need to find out. How many pills do you have left? Maybe a week's worth. I'll try to secure more before she runs out. Well, I do not want to put you in this position. Let me worry about that. In the meantime, I think we should talk to Dr. Young about removing her LVAD altogether. We want to try our chances on the transplant list. Are you sure? Yes. Natalie, if we can keep from getting caught, your mom may not ever need a transplant. It's like he's like on his way to doing the right thing but he can't resist a good scandal i just i will i i'm still at a loss for words and it's been 24 hours and i still just like why 
why he like <sighs> he wants to do the right thing and save his patients but also like you've got rules you have to abide by but the minute you're like oh yeah he's gonna come down on that like it's good he's gonna do the right thing you're like oh he loves trouble yeah I because I, I was like how does he go from so mad to being like I'm gonna fuck up my whole career and like put my career on the line for this but like do you think any of it has to do with the fact that he I mean obviously his relationship with Natalie oh yeah oh yeah um because it's hard like if it's Maggie or April does he do this Does he mm. like if this is if this is Maggie mm-hmm. and Ben is the situation like Ben is Carol, right? Hmm. I could see it going both ways in that instance. I could I could see him being like, okay, I get it, or I could see him being like, no, we need to follow the rules. But because it's Natalie, it's a slam dunk with Natalie. She just he's got a weak spot for her. He always will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just like when Mills left and he was like, you know, kissed Austin was like, you know where to find me. He's always going to have a soft spot for her. Yeah. 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 I think that's well, why it was a no brainer. I mean, like, Jesus. I know. I can't. I can't. I can't with the stupidity. I can't. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, 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 it's like a double whammy, right? Because like he can't resist a scandal first off, but also he loves her and he, and that and his love for her is exactly what tipped him off to the fact like she's lying because he knows her so well. Mm-hmm. Can I say the only thing, I guess, the only reason I'd say I'm almost happy, I, not happy, happy is not the right word, that with Tori leaving, the fact that I feel like knowing that we have two more episodes left and like that she's going to be gone, I guess I have hope that this storyline is going to end in somebody actually getting punished because that's the only like saving great, you know, the only thing I'm actually like glad about with the storyline. Cause otherwise if they're both staying on, I'm like, okay, well then they're not going to get fired. And the storyline is really even more frustrating than before, but knowing that someone AKA Natalie is probably going to get fired. I'm like, I like it. I can actually kind of live with it almost a little bit because someone's going to have to face the consequences. Isn't there a little bit of irony in that, that like Nat's finally going to face consequences and in the form of getting fired yeah like not saying we were rooting for it but also like no consequences right and like we've been saying like literally all season someone just needs to get punished for what they do when they do something wrong yeah and i mean we've been saying that for years and so like i guess the the fact that it's probably finally gonna happen almost makes this a little more bearable uh, in, yeah. in some ways in some ways yeah i mean i mean i still don't like it and i still think will is an idiot for not turning natalie in and i still think natalie was an idiot in the first place for stealing the drugs but it almost makes it like a slightly more bit bearable because i'm like okay someone's actually gonna get punished well and the, the thing i said too after the news broke yesterday which like you very rightly put me in my place but i was like okay if we think about like the long term of this is that you know with natalie gone Will has the opportunity to grow a little bit. And the first thing out of your mouth was, you are always the Will Halstead stand. I was like, that's <laughs> fair. Have you ordered your Will Halstead defense team shirt? I have not ordered it yet, no. Because I don't want to be the only one who gets one, okay? Like, I know there's other Will stands out there. I just need to know that, like, we are actually forming the Will Halstead defense squad. I don't want it to be just me. You are the captain, though. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm cool with it, but also like I'm willing to call him out when I'm like, "Will you're an idiot?" Because I was so ready in this episode for him to be like, "You are 
fucking my career over. Like, how could you do that? You're so irresponsible. And instead of him being like, you're fucking up my career, he was like, let me just jump into bed with you in trouble here. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, I think could have been, and that's the thing that also is kind of frustrating too. Like this could have been Will's growth moment. And it's not. Instead, he falls into, I guess Will's circle is not a romantic circle. It's the Will never learns from his lessons. He never learns his lessons and continuously finds himself in trouble yet again. Yeah. When will he break his circle? Severi broke his romantic circle. When will Will finally break his? I'm not emotionally strong enough to talk about Severide right now. Like, come well, on. Find the, find the courage because you got to get there. Eventually. No, but like, I mean like future for Severide. I can't do it right now. Okay. Like I'm just like. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah. So okay. listener thoughts. Megan is always the first one in our inbox. I love it so much. Literally it was like 1059. She was like <laughs> literally the shows weren't even over yet. She was in there. I love yeah. it. Okay, so Megan said, why is Will yelling at Nat about stealing the pills when he's done much worse? (laughs) Yeah, doesn't make sense to me. Very curious as to how this sets up her exit story. The obvious way is that she gets fired, right? That's the obvious way. But I'm, I I wonder if like they could possibly take it another way. I don't know. Is she going to like, I thought Will was going to fall on his sword, but now maybe she, she'll fall on hers to cover for Will. Yeah, which, and honestly, I think she should. I mean, she is the one that stole the pills in the first place. Right. Yes, Will just made a fucked up choice right now, but, like, she is the one who started all this shit. Isn't that, like, a felony for her to have the drugs? Yeah, I I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know about a felony, but, yeah, she did something illegal. Yeah. I mean, Will did, too, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway. So, Allie said, Will and Natalie are so fucked. (laughs) The episode prescription plus the news that Tori is leaving tells me some serious shit is going down in the finale. God forbid someone actually gets fired on the show. That's funny. Jess said, oh my God, what is Natalie doing? This is another storyline that's going in the exact direction I expected it to. She gave the meds to her mom without consulting Will or anyone else. And of course there are repercussions. I feel like she was just in full panic mode this entire episode. Like when she went into her mom's pillbox and got rid of all the trial meds. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definite panic mode. Uh, What was she thinking she could do? Gaslight her mom and convince her she wasn't taking them? It was kind of cathartic seeing Will going off on Nat, but then he ends up giving her the meds back and saying he'll get her more. Yeah. Uh, Dude, you're already in trouble over missing meds. Did you forget that? (laughs) I have no idea where this is going because I'm assuming that the storyline is what leads to Tori's exit, but I don't know how they're going to write it. So Will wouldn't also be fired. It's a good point, but yeah. 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 Um. Samantha said, okay, if Gina is the captain of the Will Halstead Protection Squad, which I am a proud member of, <laughs> then I might just be the captain of the Natalie Manning Protection Squad. Okay. No matter what she does, I just want to defend her and protect her from any sort of criticism. Like, I know that her stealing the trial medics was wrong. There's no denying that. But on the other hand, she just wanted to help her mom. She was desperate and Will had spoken so highly of the trial meds that she thought that was her only shot to help her mom. Call me crazy, I know, but I just can't help myself. I freaking love Natalie Manning and will protect her at all costs. Natalie Manning is my girl and I'm heartbroken that Tori is leaving, but I will follow her blind, <laughs> pun intended, and absolutely support her in whatever she does next. Um, Samantha, I will buy my Will Halstead shirt when you buy yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she also went on to say, my Manstead loving heart was all over the place for this episode um, for obvious reasons. I hate that they got into an argument over Natalie's actions, but I love that Will understood in the end and came to her defense. I hate that he's risking her career, his career, but I love that he understood her and it's going to help her try to save her mom. 
I think him having lost a parent himself, the pain of losing his dad, played a role in this decision. He knows what losing a parent feels like, and he didn't want Natalie to experience that. So he was just willing to put his career on the line to help her. I just hope this doesn't come back to haunt him. That's my will. He follows his heart and not his head. It's one of the many things that I love about him, even if it makes him a bit of an idiot sometimes. He can be an idiot, but he's my and Gina's idiot. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) He's our idiot. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. She's dead on, though, about, and I didn't even realize that about, like, the the having lost a parent. Like, he's been there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also think that part of Natalie's brazenness and taking the trial meds is because it's will manning the trial i think if it was somebody else manning the trial she might not have pulled that maybe here's the thing i understand too but like obviously about him having lost his dad and she doesn't want her mom to you know she doesn't want natalie to experience losing his mom her mom maybe it's because i'm a doctor's kid (laughs) but i've always felt like you kind of have to be more strict when it comes to how you take care of your family because of the, you know, you don't want to be seen as like bending the rules because of family and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so I think that's honestly why this Natalie situation, while I do understand, like she just wants to help her mom, why it bugs me so much is because like you have to even be stricter normally, like in that, why you can't take care of family. And like, I get it. Like people sometimes bend the rules, but like a little bit, but I don't know. I just, it, it bugs me. I get it. I, I, I do understand her desperation, but I think if Ethan was running this trial, she wouldn't have pulled that shit. Cause no. if Ethan's running no. this trial and she takes the med or the meds, Ethan fires her on the spot. Oh, a hundred percent. Goodwin gives her a slap on the wrist. Well, but- and that's why I said too, like if, it's not Natalie if it's Maggie or April like is Will doing the same thing and I think no um I could see him doing it yeah I could see him doing it for Maggie or April I mean potentially but it's not the same immediate like yeah sure Mm -hmm. kind of situation either so yeah so oh man Natalie 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 so we've also got, we had a teeny tiny little Crockett story, teeny little bitty one. Um, very, very straightforward. I don't like how Crockett was like essentially a background character this week. No, for, he was literally like, it was like 20 minutes into the episode before he even showed up. And I was like, what? Excuse and me. I literally think I was like, well, maybe now I'm on the like Crockett, maybe I am the Crockett protection defense squad because I just, I love Mr. Crockett. Yeah. You can head that up. Yeah. Take it away. Okay. So, like you said, teeny, teeny, tiny Crockett storyline. So straightforward. He gets, yeah, he gets a patient that was hit in the leg during a drive-by. Wife and baby are right behind them. Um, it's a flesh wound, no big deal. But then, as it turns out, the baby was shot, too. Damn, Med. Yeah. And Crockett does his magic, you know, blah, 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 and saves the baby. And he's, like, saving, as he finishes saving the baby, he literally runs into Natalie on his way out. And, you know, he's like, oh, she's asking about his patient. And he's like, she's going to be okay. And Natalie's like, are you? And I was like, oh, nice to see you care. Because that clearly didn't when you broke up with him. But whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Do we call it? That wasn't a breakup last week, was it? I took it as a breakup, but. No, it wasn't a breakup. I think she was just not being very nice. She said she needed space. She couldn't do this anymore. Yeah, as in like, I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now because I'm so self-absorbed in this moment. I didn't take that as a breakup. I took it as a breakup. But I also didn't take Linstead as a breakup and it actually was. So don't listen to me. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, she actually like says something nice and shows that she cares. And I'm like, oh, okay, Natalie. And Crockett visits Natalie later and she tells him she's taking Carol's LVAD out. And because earlier, remember, she had said that she wanted to tell Crockett something and they got interrupted. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, to- I just want to tell you that we're taking the LVAD out. Like, that's what I wanted to tell you. Like, I thought you might be upset. And he's like, no, like, but he's so on to her, too. Yeah, not, not as much as well, but yes. He's like, oh, like, I, you know, he was like asking questions about the LVAD and the fact that they're going to take out the LVAD. And he's like, huh? So what do all these doctors think? I mean, obviously, they don't know about the trial meds. So do they just think like, oh, we're taking out the LVAD and the heart just magically healed itself? Well, that's what Natalie tells him. <laughs> and that's why it's so they're so weird they're like because you don't normally do that you don't put an LVAD in and then like have to take it out for good reasons that's not normally how this goes I just I, anyway yeah but yeah just a tiny tiny Crockett storyline um Jess did send us a comment about it though she said um Crockett was the last storyline and it was a nice small case-centric one which I think helped balance the episode I'm so bittersweet on Crockett as a character I was fully on Will's side last week but this week Crockett owned my heart with the baby and the way he called her sweetheart right in the feels I might go back and forth on Crockett as a character but there's but there is no doubting Dominic as an actor when he told that couple their baby was going to be okay you could really see the struggle between wanting to be happy for them but also the lingering sadness that he couldn't save his own daughter big time did you see did you see the tweet that one chicago put out it might have been earlier this week or it might have been last week but it was just one of those like funny ones where they were like you just woke up at gaffney whose face do you want to see and it was like it like laid out the it was like like crockett will natalie or like ethan um so i will post that 100 percent. yeah i was gonna say i choose crockett i just need somebody who's gonna like keep me calm crockett 100 percent. yeah I wouldn't even choose Will because, like, who knows what crazy shit he's going to pull. Definitely not Natalie. No. no. I'd honestly say Crockett, Ethan, Will, Natalie. Mm. If I had to rank. Okay, if we have to rank. Crockett's number one just because I need somebody who's going to, like, keep me calm. See, but I'm really anxious, right? And I need somebody who's going to, like, calm my ass down. And that would be Will before it would be Ethan. Ethan's kind of cold, but also... Ethan's not going to pull shady shit. That's why, yeah, that's why I chose him. That's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. But Natalie's at the bottom. Natalie's at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's at the bottom. At least we agree on that. Yeah. Okay. We've agreed Crockett's at the top, Natalie's at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, Will's going to be really, like, nice and warm. So, like, when I open my eyes and I'm like, why the fuck am I here? Like, he's going to be like, it's cool, don't worry. He's going to use that, like, Halstead calm voice that's going to, like, cool but ethan's just gonna be like this happened you're fine bye (laughs) ethan can be calming sometimes not often yeah not often but sometimes yeah i just i don't know (laughs) yeah so moving on to maggie and vanessa see i think i'd be okay with ethan as long as maggie is his nurse because then ethan's like really cold but then maggie's there to be like don't worry yeah Unless she takes it too far, like she did this week. Shouldn't do that often, though. No, not often. See, because if if April is Ethan's nurse, they're just going to fight. Yeah, but we we don't have to worry about that anymore. (laughs) I don't know if I'm sad or, like, Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Okay, so Maggie and Vanessa. 
So there is a whole new crop of med students at well, med, whole new crop of med students. Um, this is so random. Like they're not even like baby doctors. They're just in med school. They're, they're med students. Yeah. About to end up in residency. But like, isn't that a little premature? Sarah Reese was a med student. I know it, it never made sense to me. Weird. Okay, so Vanessa's one of the med students and they're doing rounds, which like they're med students. Do med students even do rounds? That seems weird. Um, but Maggie just tells Vanessa like, hey, assert yourself. And Vanessa's like, all right, fine. So each student works with a different attending. Vanessa gets Ethan. How convenient. Um, this whole thing is just, it's, it's weird, okay? Like they're med students, to my knowledge, med students don't like do this. Unless they do. I don't know. I went the other route with my career. I didn't go into med school, so I could be talking out my ass. High probability. I have to, I should have asked my dad, but I think, I guess they do some sort, I would assume they do some sort of clinicals type things to learn Mm -hmm. while they are in med school. I can't imagine the attending is going to leave a med student behind to place a central line though. No, but then, but, but see, that's the thing. Maggie was like, I got her. No problem. Still, none of that sounds right to me, but. This is TV, so. Um, I also got a little chuckle out of how they referred to everybody as like student doctor so-and-so. I'm like, that's such a mouthful. Why? Yeah. I mean, I guess because they're technically not doctors yet, but still. They called Sarah Miss Reese. Uh, Yeah. It's such a mouthful though. And every time, like if Vanessa lingers, Ethan's like student Dr. Taylor. I'm like, yeah, five minutes later, you finally call her. Geez. Yeah. (laughs) or you just say this is Vanessa she is a student like you just say it you know like so it doesn't sound as weird yeah right yeah yeah so this is Vanessa she is shadowing me for what you know whatever yeah it's a lot easier a lot easier so Maggie swaps with Doris so she can be Ethan's nurse and Vanessa's gonna put in a central line Ethan gets called away so we leave the med student to do it herself what the fuck Mm mm-hmm None of this makes any sense. I don't know. It's so weird. Okay, so Vanessa goes like full on Dawson in this Chicago Fire pilot. She hits the lung. Remember how Gabby hit the heart in the the pilot? Mm -hmm. So they have to put a chest tube in to fix it. And Vanessa's like, I'm going to go get Ethan. Like, I'm going to do that. He's my supervisor. I should probably let him know I fucked up. Like, I'm going to do that. And Maggie's like, dude, like, show Ethan that you can solve the problem. Like, you can place the chest tube. Aren't you comfortable with that? And she's like, yeah, I'm comfortable with it. She's a med student. How is she comfortable with that? Well, I mean, I understand that you've obviously done chest tubes, right? But with supervision. And like Ethan says, it is a surgery technique. I mean, like you, like, you have to have, like, permission from the patient. You can't just go and put a chest tube in. Right. That's not how this goes. Right. Yeah. And the thing that bothers me too is that Maggie knows that. Mm-hmm. And, but she's so blinded by wanting to have this good relationship with Vanessa. And it just, it bothers me. It bothered me a lot. Yeah. It bugged me too. It bugged me too. This was Maggie off her game, like totally blinded by, you know, Vanessa, mm-hmm. which I mean, hey, understandable, but also like, ew, ew. yeah. Um, yeah, and Maggie encourages her to place the chest tube, and she's like, if you want to win a permanent spot in the CD, like, that's how you do it. No! No! You know, and you know better. You know better, Maggie. But also, I mean, you know, if you want to win a permanent spot in the CD, this is how you do it. I mean, yeah, we are a bunch of rule breakers here, so that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I mean, but I don't know. 
I know, I know. So Ethan's pissed. Like that was as you should be predictable. Should be. Yeah. But Maggie goes to bat for Vanessa. She's like, dude, I gave her bad advice. Like, you know, just put this on me. Like she deserves a second chance. You know, don't, don't ding her for my mistake. And Goodwin rolls up like right as that's happening. So Maggie talks to Vanessa as she's leaving and she's like, you know, don't worry. Like, it's fine. And Vanessa just flat out is like, I got humiliated. Like, please leave me alone. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Goodwin basically calls her out and is like, yeah, you suck at hiding things. Like, she's your daughter. I know that. And Maggie just says, she goes, I'm telling you, it's not going to be a problem. And Goodwin just says, I think it already is. Yep. Because it is. Yep. It clearly is. Yep. So I, I don't know, like, where do we go with this? I mean, does, does, I guess, does Vanessa become like a permanent part of the ED? And if so, like, what happens to Maggie? I don't know. When I think too, then the question is like, when does Vanessa find out? She's going to have to find out. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, when she does find out, she's going to be like hurt. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, crazy. Do you think she finds out this season? I could see her finding out in the finale. Finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I could see that. So um, Megan said, this Maggie storyline is really intriguing, and I wonder how long it's going to take before she finds out. I think the finale. I think the finale is a good, good yeah. guess. Um, Allie said, poor Maggie. She was just trying to help Vanessa, but everything just blew up in her face. I hope this can be resolved, but I really, I don't really see this going down well. Either Maggie listens and backs off, which will make her sad, or she tries to meddle again and Vanessa gets frustrated. Also, if she finds out Maggie is her biological mom, that's definitely going to blow up. Yeah, I mean, and then when she finds out that Maggie's her biological mom, does she stay or does she go? I don't know. I guess it depends if she's coming back next season <laughs> mm, yeah yeah i could see it happening i mean we're losing two female characters i could see vanessa sticking around yeah and it's been a little bit since we've had like a med student you know mm-hmm. in the ed i mean we had terry and elsa but that's different yeah so um jess said i don't think anyone was surprised that vanessa was picked for rotation in the ed or that it ended kind of badly I feel like I was screaming, Maggie, no, every time she appeared on screen. I get that her heart was in the right place, but come on. I feel like she should have known that putting in his chest tube was beyond Vanessa's scope as a med student. Thank you. Now she wants nothing to do with Maggie, and I can just see them setting up for her to find out that Maggie's her birth mom in either the next episode or the one after. Wonder how that's going to go. Yikes. Nope. It's not going to go well. Nope. No, no. Speaking of not going well, <laughs> let's talk about Dr. Archer. I'm over him. I mean, I've been over I, him, but like, I, dude can just get the fuck out. I can't. Like, he he still creeps me out, but mm-hmm. like, I I can't stand him. I, I do not like him. Yeah. Nope. 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 Okay. Okay. Dr. Archer. So we start off and he walks in the ED and he sees Dr. Charles and he tries to turn away immediately because of course he's still ducking Dr. Charles and Dr. Charles is just like literally dude give me five minutes I like I literally just need to scratch it off the list and Archer is still like nope 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 yeah because apparently his only personal time is like you know not otherwise like he doesn't have time to himself so in a pre-COVID world, I found that totally relatable. I mean, he was like, my only personal time to myself is when I'm in the shower. I'm like, oh, that's relatable because nobody mm-hmm. can bother you. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
So then Archer gets his patient, and his patient clearly has appendicitis. Clearly. We all, I, I knew that right away. I was like, oh, appendicitis, duh. Um, but he doesn't want an operation because he thinks the world is a simulation, and he took this red pill to wake him up. Okay. I yeah, just, I, had, I, I had that same reaction. I will say, though, if he took this red pill, doesn't want the help from Archer or anything, right? Why did he go to the ED? I, he collapsed. The- he collapsed in the park and someone else called 911. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. But can't she refuse to go? I mean, I guess if you collapse and you're unconscious, but... I don't know. Maybe he was unconscious, but... Anyway. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Charles, of course, approaches it differently than Dr. Archer does. And Dr. Charles is like, reason, wisdom, let me listen to you. I got to make you feel like even though I think you're probably stupid, but like, you know, I got to make it feel like you're not stupid. Mm-hmm. And Archer is just like, nope, you're stupid. Yep. So Archer, again, is trying to convince this guy that he has to have the surgery. And he tells the patient about his time in Afghanistan and how some of his fellow soldiers ignored their injuries. And at first I was like, oh, okay. I was like, we're getting the tiny little bit of Archer backstory. I was like, okay. And then the patient's like, none of that actually happened. And Archer's pissed. And I was like, oh, when this is just that nice, one little tiny, nice moment was ruined. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell it definitely triggered Archer. Yeah. Because it, he literally is so triggered that as he gets up, he presses on the patient's lower side, just like out of nowhere. And the patient's like, hey, what the fuck? And Archer's like, oh, sorry, my bad. My bad. I just committed criminal battery and touched you without your consent, but okay. Yeah. So Archer's all like, okay, well, we need a court order to force treatment because like this guy can't wait. And Dr. Charles is like, no, like we're not ready yet. Like, no. And Archer's just like, well, this guy's a box of loose screws. And Dr. Charles is like, "Mm, actually, he's a patient. I love when Dr. Charles gets sick of somebody's shit. Right. Sometimes like he had some couple moments last night where his like sassy face moments. I was like, yes, I'm (laughs) here for this. So Archer's like, well, let me go see who else I can manipulate and tries to go to Ethan to double dock Dr. Charles. And Ethan's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And so, of course, Dean is pissed. And Dean's like, well, and now you sit on your hands and Ethan's just like, watch it, watch it. If you don't remember what double docking is, it's pretty much what I think April did it to him a couple of weeks ago when like, but like unintentionally, like. April did it to him, I think with the guy who like couldn't pay or something. And then he went to Ethan or she went to Ethan and mentioned it. And then he came back to Archer and was like, hey, do this instead. Yeah. No, she didn't even go to Ethan. That was the, the thing. Ethan just like overheard. Oh, and, yeah. 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 But anyway. So Dean like basically literally goes into the room, pulls the curtain and then calls for April. And the patient is intubated all of a sudden, so, which means Archer can make the medical decision for him. So that means surgery. So April goes to Dr. Charles and is like, uh, I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, she's like, I think Archer over might have over medicated the patient to knock him out. So Dr. Charles is like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he goes to confront Archer and um Dr. Charles is like he'd have to have stopped breathing and or Archer because Archer's like Archer's like he'd have 
to he'd have stopped breathing and dr charles is like from appendicitis like you know they'd be a first right and it <laughs> escalates into this like conversation that's just like oh my god i can't believe we're having it it's, it's bad yeah see this is my this is my thing with him is that okay if archer's gonna stick around we've got to pull like a 180 void on his character like when 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 Voight was just a background character on fire and then they decided to make the spinoff, they had to like 180 him and make him likable, right? I'm sorry, if Archer's going to stick around, they're going to have to do that. I cannot watch a full season of him just like meddling in the ED and doing like mean shit like that for seasons I to come. I don't think he's going to stick around. I would hope not because like I'm really over him. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I definitely agree. They uh, need to do some serious character work. I, I, I can't stand like multiple episodes of him. So once... Neil, the patient, like finally, you know, kind of gets out of his coma or not a coma is state after the anesthesia. Yeah, that's the other a word I was looking for. Um, They ask him for his side of the story and he's just like, I'm just stuck in simulation forever. So he's just pissed. So Ethan goes and confronts Archer. What do you want me to say? I want to tell you that I I can't sleep nights and I, I was looking over my shoulder. That's why it's been for years. So you want to hear? Of course not. I want you to be okay. The idea of looking at what happened over there, putting that under a microscope. No way. I'm not doing that. It scares the hell out of me. That's why I keep pushing you to talk to a, a psychiatric professional, if not Dr. Charles and someone else. Yeah, I will. I will. I'm serious, man. I promise you. I will. I promise. Dean, if you want to keep working here, you have to deal with your issues. I mean, it's about time. Like it, Ethan need it needed to come from Ethan. Yeah, but is Archer actually going to listen? I mean, that's a different conversation, though. I think, though, if anyone could yell at him and confront him in this way, it had to have been Ethan. Not only because Ethan is his boss, but because of the past they shared. Like it had to have been Ethan. Like it couldn't. It was not going to hold the same if Goodwin did it or Doctor Charles or anyone else. Like it had to have been Ethan. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Archer's going to listen because I don't think he does. Mm -hmm. But the only person who could have even come close to getting through to him is Ethan. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I can't help but think that Archer is just saying what he needs to say to get Troy off his back. No, I agree. I agree with that because, like, as Dean leaves, we see that he trashes two small vials of morphine, which, I mean, I guess so he, I think he, I mean, what do you think? I guess he over-medicated the patient, right? He has to have. Otherwise, what did he take the morphine for? Right. Like, what is happening at this hospital? I mean, it's med. What has that ever been happening at the You've hospital? You've got stolen but... drugs. You've got, you know, this guy who's like unblinded people in his trial. And then it's like, let's steal some more drugs. And then you've got people over-medicating patients, like knowingly over-medicating mm-hmm. patients. Some mm-hmm. fucked up shit. Real fucked up shit. But Real fucked up shit. It's med, so. If I ever have a medical emergency in Chicago, please make sure they take me to Lakeshore and not med. because You really want to go to Lakeshore? Well, I... I don't know. I'm sure they've rebuilt since season one, right? I guess. I don't even know what happened to the hospital from Justice, so maybe you take me there. I don't know. What, that Catholic one? Yeah, but, like, it's not guaranteed I'll end up with Crockett if I go to med. Yeah. Uh, mm. I know. Just, yeah. Mm. 
Okay, so Megan said the dynamic between Dr. Charles and Archer is interesting. Like, and she said, she mentioned too, like, we got a little bit military backstory, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said, give Dr. Charles a raise. He deserves it. But actually, yes, though. He actually does, though. Yeah. Allie said, Archer was a serious jerk in this episode, disrespecting Dr. Charles and drugging a patient. I understand he's suffering from PTSD, but at this point, I'm not sure that excuses his behavior. I feel the same way. Yep. Yeah. Um, Jess said Archer was another character that I felt like yelling at every time he appeared but this time it was just what are you doing over and over and over he's such an asshole but I find him kind of interesting at the same time which I know isn't a popular opinion I enjoyed seeing him open up a little bit about his time in the service but then he went behind Dr. Charles back about the patient and I just noped right out of there (laughs) I kind of liked that their storyline was case heavy though because I feel like the other two main ones were more on the personal level April didn't have that much to do this week, but every time she showed up, I felt like crying just because we're only getting two more episodes of her. Feel that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I I felt kind of meh about this episode this week. I was just kind of like, okay. I think it sets up, but I mean, I don't know that for sure yet because we haven't seen the last two episodes, but I think we're going to look back on this one and be like, okay, that was the one that set us up for these, you know. Yeah. For the last two. Yeah. Yeah. So any other notes on Med? nope it's fire time i love this episode this was a good episode this was a good episode um we can say it now like officially lieutenant still a kid i mean not that we had any doubts but it's nice to know that it's official lieutenant kid yeah lieutenants severide and kid Mm -hmm. i love it i love it so good okay so let's start with Stella stuff. So Stella's kicking ass in the test. You know, she's she's doing her thing. She's in like the whatever portions of the test there are, but she's basically like running through a scenario with the fire captain. She's doing her thing. Back at the station, Severide is a total worry wart. He's like totally like, he's like, well, how is she doing? What is she doing? I don't know. Like, I'm so nervous. Like, she what's going on? Right now? What is what's going on? Yeah. 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 And so she joins them at the station later after her test, but she's totally not sure how it went. She's like, I could have aced it. I could have bombed it. I really don't know. No fucking clue. So at the beginning of the next shift, Severide is like, have the results come in yet? What's happening? Nothing. Still nothing. Even after the second shift, there's nothing. So Severide and Casey try and like talk her up. They're like, it's so normal. Like, don't even worry. Like, it's it, it's fine. It's normal that you haven't heard back yet. It's cool. The very end of the episode, we're all at Molly's and Bowden walks in and gives her the good news because he's basically, he stops and he's just like, okay, like got your results. Just like dramatic pause. And then he's like, we're going to need another round. Another dramatic pause. Lieutenant. It's so and good. It's so good. And everybody's so excited. And like Severide does like the boyfriend, like I'm so happy clap. It's just so sweet. And like, and, like the way that he stares at her, like it's almost like he wanted to cry because he's just so damn proud of her. And it made me want to cry because I'm so damn proud of her too. And I was so like cute. all in my feels. I love them. I love him so much. Yeah, he's he was so, so proud of her. And, like, he stood back and let her have her moment, like. Well, and, of course, I love to, like, obviously, she goes and hugs Bowden first, obviously, because he just gave her news. And then, like, the first person she obviously wanted to find was him. And I was just like, oh, my feels. I know. I know. I love it. I love it so much. So much. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so um, 
Sharon, I'm probably saying that wrong and I'm so sorry if that's the case. Please tell me the right way to say your name. But first of all, congratulations, Stella. Maybe it's just me, but I really miss Stella and Casey's professional relationship. Casey's her boss, but she barely talks with him about her career. The leadership conference, teaching at the academy, girls on fire, and now the lieutenant exam. We didn't see any conversation, encouragement, advice from Casey. Last night's episode was the first time he actually talked to her about it. These important conversations are always with Bowden and Severide and even Herman, just not him. I wish we get more scenes of them in the future. I I, I do like their dynamics, Stella and Casey. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. Uh, Megan said, Stella Kid is now a lieutenant. I knew she passed the test already from the behind the scenes pictures a few weeks ago, <laughs> but seeing the moment is still so surreal. She's going to make a badass lieutenant. She really is. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. So Allie said, hell yes, Lieutenant Kid. That ending scene with everyone congratulating her was amazing and so well-deserved. You could also see Kelly's inner dialogue of, damn, I want to marry this girl. That promo better be screwing with us because we need a Stellaride proposal and wedding ASAP. Yeah. But actually, though. Yeah. But actually, though. Um, Jess said, I think we all kind of knew this was coming, but Stella's officially a lieutenant. We never got to see Casey, Severide, or Herman's lieutenant test, so it was kind of cool seeing a bit of what Stella had to do and seeing her kick and ass in the process. I especially love the scene at the end where she just found out she passed. I just thought it was perfect. Boating telling her at Molly's the way they hugged and everyone congratulating her and Severide kind of getting choked up because he's so proud of her. It was just so perfect. And TBH, I'm not much of a crier, but I honest to God teared up in that scene. Yeah. I so thought it sweet. was too. I love that they did it at Molly's and like everyone from 51 is there. And like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I loved it. I when, rewatched it like 10 times today. When Bowden came in with the results, I typed it. I, I typed it in the tweet box. I was like, you know, Lieutenant Stella kid. And I just waited. I was like, say it, say it, say it. And I'm going to hit enter. Say it <laughs> say right it. now. Yeah. I was like, so ready. I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah. It's great. Samantha said, Lieutenant kid, Lieutenant Stella freaking kid. That's my girl. Uh, she said, I just love Stella so much. Or should I say Lieutenant kid? It has a nice ring to it. And then she said, pun intended. Get it, Severide. <laughs> accurate accurate get it Zev. go get your girl i love it i love it and i'm so glad and and it's gonna be awesome seeing a female lieutenant on the show Mm -hmm. so ready what do you think is gonna happen though like because we in the i don't know i don't know i i've been thinking about it a lot um and someone even asked us in our dms that i was responding to today like why can't there just be you know a captain and a lieutenant on truck like why can't stella just stay on truck and i said i don't think it's not that she can't i just think at that point then she's not really getting to be a lieutenant because she still has to answer to casey yeah, but also, I mean, she's she's not trained for truck or not truck. She's not trained for squad. Don't you have to have like extra training for I squad? Said under Casey, well, on truck. I said, stay oh, if if Casey's the captain and Stella's yeah, the lieutenant, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. she would still like. I don't think there's anything that says she couldn't be a lieutenant. You know, obviously, still be a lieutenant and still be on truck. But then she's not getting to actually be the lieutenant because she still has to answer to Casey. I mean, don't they all answer to Casey though? Yeah, but you know what I'm saying is that like. I mean, Severide can still make squad decisions. Casey isn't making all the squad decisions, just like Herman isn't making all the engine decisions. I mean, Casey's not making all the engine decisions, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think they all still ultimately listen to Casey because Casey outranks them all. Mm -hmm. But like, Severide is still the squad lieutenant. Herman is still the engine lieutenant. Yeah. But like, if Stella stayed on truck and was on, you know, a lieutenant on truck, she still has to answer to Casey. Casey would still override her. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of what ifs. Mm-hmm. So. 
Next up, we've got, you know, the bro TP of bro TPs, Savasi, our little detectives this week. I love this storyline. It's good. It is good. Take it away. Okay. So all of 51 gets called to this like fire at a pet food factory. And they pull the owner out of the fire, but he's just so worried about his wife who's still upstairs. And even at one point, he's like, it's still in the fire. And then he asks them to get her before they get him. He just wants his wife to like come out safe. So she's on the third floor. So Mouch is trying to get the aerial up there so they can go get her, but it's going to take a couple minutes to, you know, move the truck at the aerial position. So Gallo has this idea and he's like, I, I think I can get to her, but like, you're probably not going to like it. And Casey's like, just go for it. And so he takes this normal ladder and like, as he's going up, like, you know, hikes it up further too. And like basically just spider monkeys it up there. He's Spider-Man. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I guess you saw the behind the scenes video of like Alberto rehearsing it. I didn't see all of it. Um, what I, I saw, like, I saw him start, but I mean, surely he was harnessed up, right? I think so. I don't know. I wasn't really paying, I guess, that much to his attention because I didn't notice. But like, still, just like the fact that Alberto, you know, was rehearsing it and like doing it himself is just so cool. That's crazy. It's so cool. I would love to see how that scene was written because any action is hard. Yeah. Um, so ultimately they get the wife out, but of course she's burnt badly. Father and son save the day. Yeah. He just, Casey's so proud of his son. So <laughs> proud in that moment. Um, so they get back from the call and Savasi decides to have a cigar chat right on the apron. It's not the test that's on my mind. It's, it's more what comes next? Wanted to let her focus on making lieutenant, so I've been holding off, but I want to talk to her about getting married. You gonna propose? Not exactly. She always used to say she'd never get married again, so I just want to put it out there as an idea, see where she's at. Huh. What's that mean? No, 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 nothing. I'm really happy for you, man. Sev said the magic word. I know. And I still, I mean, obviously we've been talking about it for so long, but to hear him actually say it, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I know. I know. Oh, the minute he said married, I was like, bingo. <laughs> I also just, can we talk about the growth here? I mean, first of all, I mean, we obviously, Severide has broken the circle a long time ago, but mm-hmm. like to really come full circle and be like, I'm thinking about getting married. It's like. He wants to lock it down. Um, also, I just love the fact that he was like, I want to talk to her about getting married. And so Casey's like, oh, you're going to propose? And he's like, uh, not exactly. Like, I want to make sure she's okay with getting married because she always used to say that she would never get married again. And I'm like, Severi, that is so, like, not you, but so I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm Yeah. So mature. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just, I love, and I love that, of course, he tells his BFF Casey first, mm-hmm. and I just, I love everything about it. Love, love everything about it. Oh my God, it's so good. Although, um, 
I think Miranda did an interview last week. I mean, granted, Miranda did a bunch of interviews. She did one with us too. Uh, <laughs> but in one of the interviews, I think they asked her about Stella getting married. And I think she said she was like, Stella would hate it. Like Stella doesn't want to get married. She she would want to like, you know, have like a small ceremony of anything, but she probably wouldn't want to get married. So it, it'll be interesting how their conversation pans out. Mm-hmm. Um. So Engine comes back from the call and Casey notices that their bunker gear is all burned up. So they start examining it and Violet's like, oh, well, you know, it's probably sulfuric acid since sulfuric acid is odorless. That's why you wouldn't smell the chemicals. Can we talk about how she zeroed in on that in two seconds? She's such smart at, I mean, she's smart. Is she like the she severide? Yes. Like. Clearly. She she got two super smarty pants in the firehouse now. I mean, she and Gallo have so many competitions. She's got to be an expert in anything, everything. She just like rattled that. She zeroed in on it so quickly. She was like, oh, it's this. And Bowden's like, how did you know that? She's like, it's odorless. And it reacts like exothermically with water. I was like, damn, girl. She would kick ass on Jeopardy. I'm just saying. Yeah, I would want her on my pub quiz team. Yeah. There's a good one. One Chicago pub quiz team. <laughs> so it's you and five others because it's a maximum team of six. Assemble your team. Oh, shit. Okay. All of one Chicago? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was gonna say, like, if I pick I'm basically picking the whole firehouse at that like point. All time. All, t- all time one Chicago. Oh shit. I, I think Otis is can... on my team. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Fuck. Okay, so I'm picking Violet. Okay. Um hmm. Bird just seems like she would know some random shit. Ethan on your trivia team yes interesting I feel like because he was in the military he also knows a lot of like random stuff that could be Mm -hmm. useful um this is so hard (laughs) this is so hard (laughs) who knows a bunch of random shit I don't know that's all I got I'm taking Otis I'm taking Kim Okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, hold on. I think I want Trudy, because who knows what she knows. Um, Otis, Kim, Trudy. Okay, I need some med action in here. Who's going to know random stuff? I need some PD stuff? action, that's why. I'm oh, taking, I'm taking Char- me- Go, Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm taking Dr. Charles, actually. I think he probably, he, he strikes me as a history buff. Interesting choice. If we're going all time, right, I can pick whoever I want from the history whoever. of the shows. Yep. I'm going Mouse. Oh, good one. Mouse knows some random shit. Mouse knows some random shit. Otis, Burgess, Trudy. Wait, so it's me and five others? Yeah, maximum team of six. I have Violet, Ethan, and Mouse. I need two more. Oh, you know who might know some stuff? Be asleep. Total be a sleeper. Cap. (laughs) So you're picking Cap? maybe hold on if i'm taking cap i think mm, wait let me rethink that because if we have cap and trudy on the same team i think nothing productive is happening i think do you go like, cap or do you go tony the silent but smart one i think you go tony but uh, but tony just like sits in the corner really silently and then comes out with like clutch answers at clutch times right that's what i'm saying he is who you need in your like double round like okay. your double point round so otis tony burgess platt dr charles i I, I guess I'm at Violet, Ethan, Mouse. I still need two more. Do I go Severide? 
Does he? I don't think he knows trivia though. I think That's if like the, if, the, if the music round comes up, he's like, "The fuck is that? I don't know." Yeah. I think you could put Stella on that team no. and do some damage. No, I, I was gonna say Stella or Brett. Brett. I think Brett, 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 Violet, Ethan, Mouse, Brett. I need one more. Cruz would be a good trivia teammate. Yeah, I'm also but thinking. You've, also, you've already got Otis, though. You have Otis. I know I have Otis. I know. I'm just. I'm thinking of who else would be a good teammate. Otis Burgess, Trusy. You know what? Me. Fuck it. We're going Ruzik for just the laughs. Ruzik is just going to be like, and when they lose, and when we lose by like one point or a couple points, he, I, he's like, I demand a recount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we're going to win at my table, but you're going to be having all the fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Glad that's settled. Um, please let us know your ideal one Chicago pub quiz team. <laughs> yeah, we spent way too long on that, but worth it. That was that was worth it. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, where did I leave off now? I'm like, okay. So anyway. if you have Violet, maybe I should take Gallo just because like they'll compete with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Gallo probably also knows some stuff. Gallo and Ritter are probably two really good teammates in pub oh, quiz. Yeah. Ritter, really good choice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so Hazmat did an inspection of the pet food factory, found nothing. So Severide and Casey decided to go play detective and go over them there themselves and take a look. Which I also love. They're like, yeah, you want to go on the way home? Sure. I'm like, idiot. <laughs> Let's not go home after our crazy ship. Let's go do more work. Yeah. So they go take a look and they find that the sulfuric acid was actually coming from a lot, like an empty lot next to the factory where someone had clearly been dumping like at the acid waste when they weren't supposed to. And apparently it's been going on for months and months and nobody's done anything to stop it. Yep. So we're at Molly's that night and Brett comes in and she's like talking about Veronica, which we'll get to in a second. (laughs) And she leaves to go yell at Cap for lying to her, and Casey is literally like staring at her. You ever gonna tell her? Tell her what? You know what? It's not that simple. She's the one who called things off. Said Dawson was always gonna be between us. Think she's right? I mean, I love them. <laughs> I just, I. I just, I love me some Brett and Casey. I just, I do. And I love that Severide was like, are you ever going to tell her? And Casey's like, huh? What are you talking about? And Severide's just like, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, don't play dumb. And like, how has neither one of them picked up on it yet? What do you mean? But like, it's so clearly obvious that Casey's in love with you. Like, how have you not picked oh. up on this yet? Yeah, I think, she, well, I think she doesn't, I think she probably has picked up on it somewhat but she's afraid that she still doesn't want to be someone's second choice mm, true not that she hasn't picked up on it but she's like well he's still in love with gabby mm-hmm. and even Severide brings it up he's like because you know casey mentions that like she said dawson's always going to be between us and Severide's like do you think she's right and literally of course then before they can finish the conversation Severide gets a text from Burgess saying that like, oh, I ran all the plates for the factory owner had written down and like one came back and blah, 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 blah. So we don't even get to hear his answer to the Dawson question, even though I think it's a no. But anyway, so of course, Severide and Casey leave Molly's at like probably what, like 9, 10 p.m. to go do more detective work. Maybe even later. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But so like even okay, say midnight. They go leave Molly's at midnight to go do detective work because great, great of idea. Course they do. Totally safe. Um, and they talk to this truck driver, and the guy just says, Look, I just picked up the job on a truck trade app and like didn't really know what I was hauling. And he tells them that he was ultimately hired by this all organic pots and plants. So next shift. What do Casey and Severi do? They stop by the gardening company to ask questions to the CEO. And the CEO is just like, yeah, we don't use acid in our fertilizer. Never trust the young guy who owns the startup and wears a cardigan. I think we that's a Chicago fire rule. Never trust the young guy in charge of the startup. Accurate. Mm -hmm. And of course, Casey and Severi don't believe him. So Mm -hmm. they go visit the pet food factory owner at the hospital and update him on what they found. But the owner's just upset because the guy's probably just going to ultimately get off with just a fine, even though his wife got burnt in the process. So Casey and Severide and Herman have come up with this plan to have Herman go to the gardening company and pose as a driver and try to like pick up the barrel from them. And like it backfires kind of. But they ultimately do end up finding the barrels of sulfuric acid on the property. So all's well to ends well, I guess. They legit think they're detectives, Casey and Seb. Because like- they right, 100%. And- but yeah. Casey, yeah, Casey's joined in on it enough to also like enjoy it too. The guy's like, this is private property. You can't come in here. And Casey and Seb are like, you hear something? No, I'm good, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And then like, I love how Severide snaps the padlock like it's a twig. He's just like, meh. No obstacle for me. Whatever. Things. Whatever. I'm just going to crush it with my bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> so they go back to the hospital with the pet food factory owner and the wife is starting to come out of her coma, which is a great, great news. Mm-hmm. And so the guy goes back in to see his wife and Severide and Casey are just like watching from outside the door. And Severide's just like, you know, I wonder if she knows how much he loves her. And he's just like, she knows, which is just like all the foreshadowing but Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. so then we go to molly's that night and casey points out that severide and stella have the same connection that pete the pet food factory owner and his wife do you do have that connection we saw with pete and his wife kind people look for their whole lives my advice you're overthinking this marriage thing you don't need to talk it over with stella you just need to propose think i'm wrong no, I mean, you're probably dead on. It's just, you're telling me to stop second-guessing everything and take action. In so many words, yeah. Well, then I'd say maybe you should take your own advice. Oh, man. <laughs> I love, uh, first of all, I don't actually like Casey's advice here. I mean, it just, he's like, I'd say you should take your own advice. He'll take his advice when you take your own, Casey. No, I'm saying I don't like Casey's advice to Severide because the one thing is like, I get that he just wants his friend to be happy. And like, he's trying to encourage Severide to just go ahead. And like, if you've been thinking about this for a while, then like do the thing that's going to make you happy. And if that's mm-hmm. asking Stella to marry you, just do it. Mm-hmm. But on the one hand, like Severide literally just told him that Stella doesn't know if she even wants to get married again. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it is important to do what Severide was going to do in the first place and have that conversation with her first. Yeah. Rather than just whip out a ring and be like, marry me. And like, I just feel like that's such a, that's like a recipe for backfire. Yeah. 
So that's the only reason I don't like it. I do. I don't think Casey's coming from like a malicious point. I just no. think, I just think it was, you know, Sever I knew best. And that was to talk to Stella and you're trying, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But I do like Severide's advice for Casey. Like Casey just needs to get his head out of his ass and just tell Brett already. But actually though, we've been saying that since like episode two. And I hopefully happens next week, but I don't know. No, right. Um, but I will say the way that Casey stares at Brett as she's like hugging Stella after Stella's big news in that last scene. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't. Uh, I'm just Brett C. Trash at this point. I just it's okay. It's okay. I'm trash Full for on. so many things. It's Full on Bretzy trash. <laughs> it's fine. So, but yeah, that is the Severide and Casey of it all. So Megan said, I'm so proud of Kelly Severide. He's officially grown up. Bring on the proposal. Bring it on. Bring mm-hmm. it on. Yes. Um, she said, Cigar Chats and Detective Sebasi, we are hashtag blessed. Just enrolled these two in the police academy already. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Jess said, I'm always here for the detective duo Savacy. So I love that storyline as well. I really like the twists and turns of this episode. Like, I really thought the husband was going to be up to something shifty. And I then do. the driver who jumped the acid, but it was really someone else's whole time. And I really liked Savacy's other kind of storyline this week, which was just them talking about their love lives the whole time. <laughs> there were so many great bro TP moments, and I always love a good cigar chat. Them giving each other advice was amazing, and honestly seeing Severide bring up marriage and thinking about how he's developed over the seasons really moved me. I'm manifesting Bretzi getting together and a Stellaride proposal by the end of the season. Yes, please. Me too. Me too, Jess. Yes, yes. Jamie R. said, Casey finally realized that maybe he's in love with Brett. Yeah, no shit, Captain Dumbass. She fucking loves you and the feeling's mutual. <laughs> Accurate. Um, Allison G. said, I actually thought Devride was showing a lot of maturity and how well he knows Stella by wanting to have a conversation instead of surprising her with a proposal. Although the preview showing, the preview for next week showing he's already getting cold feet next week is another story. Ugh. <laughs> Samantha said Severide is thinking about marriage not only that but he's talking about marriage we've come such a long way since the circle of Severide we love good character development Severide's like the Nathan Scott of Chicago Fire when it comes to character development there's your reference for the night and it wasn't me I didn't do it <laughs> not just with character development but they also both had daddy issues were players until they met a girl who they truly really loved and had that girl help turn their life around no wonder I love both Nathan Scott and Kelly Severide Anyways, could go on and on about the similarities about my love for both characters, but it's a one Chicago podcast. But seriously, the fact that a Stellaride proposal may be in the near future is everything. And Severide actually mentioning the word marriage was music to my ears. And can I just say that I love that he mentioned it to Casey first? I wouldn't have it any other way. That scene was everything I imagined it would be. Big time. Yes. Perfect. 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 Fingers crossed for smooth sailing, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Not gonna happen, but still all right so last up garage sale and veronica the comedy this season oh my god it's been so funny i literally was laughing so hard at this oh my gosh okay so we start off and gallo and ritter are in charge of the annual 51 garage sale first off the annual 51 garage sale excuse me i know i why haven't we not seen this before why is this the first time we're seeing this mm-hmm. what so everybody is mentioning, they're like, God, I really hope this is better than it was in 2017. Well, what happened in 2017? Why didn't we see it? 
I know. And then it gets mentioned that the, like Mouch is involved somehow, and then it goes to small claims court. And I'm like, what the fuck happened in 2017? What the hell? And why didn't we see it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, though, we find out that Cap is donating his Letterman jacket from high school, which he thinks is a big ticket item. I tweeted Randy. I asked him what Cap lettered in. He didn't respond. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll see. I want to know what Cap lettered in. Mm-hmm. It was too. probably like chess club or something ridiculous. <laughs> chess club is not probably. ridiculous. Chess is a great game, but you know what I mean? It's not probably. like, yeah, it's not like football or basketball or anything. It's probably something like glee club or something. <sighs> okay. So Mouch is like hovering over Gallo and Ritter. They're trying to price items for the sale and Mouch is just like hovering and Cap's really upset that his jacket was priced at 15. He's like, what the hell? And so Blake just changed it, changes it to 25. So, you know, it's chaos. It's funny though. So Brett's apartment, meanwhile, Brett's apartment is getting fumigated. And so they're putting her up in a hotel, but she can't have pets. So she's basically trying to find people at 51 who are willing to take Veronica for however long she's up for. But everybody keeps saying that they're allergic to cats, which is really funny because, you know, um, and she can't even take them to a kennel. Like Casey's like, well, why don't you take her to a kennel? And she's like, I can't do that. They want to do a personality test to see how she gets along with other cats. Obviously, what? that's not happening. And then I love the little throwaway line by Severi too, because Severide's like, why'd you ask Cap? He likes his, or he watches his mom cat all the time. And <laughs> Brett's just like, he told me he had allergies. <laughs> He's just so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the, the Stella Cruz like fist bump when they were like, yeah, we have allergies. Like, it's so that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm allergic to cats. I don't like cats at all. So I'm like, yeah, I feel you on this one. Um, so Brett brings the cat to 51 and Casey's like, yeah, just stick her in my office. It's fine. Like nobody will bother her in there. And she's like, oh, like you're the best. And Severide gives him this look of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So the garage sale's happening and Mouch is trying to like micromanage Gallo and Ritter. So he's like super disappointed. He's like, why'd you sell that for $4? You should have sold it for 11, whatever. So they're finally done. Gallo and Ritter shift is over and they go into the bunk room and Gallo's like, that's the most stress I've ever had on this job. <laughs> so cute. So, so they both lay down to like take a nap and immediately you hear things like crashing around. So both of them like shoot upright. Did you notice how when Violet and Brett come in, Gallo stands up and Gallo grabs the pillow. Like, what are you going to do with that pillow? <laughs> I didn't notice that, but it's so good. So we get a shot from afar in Casey's office and Veronica is just wrecking shit. <laughs> like <laughs> wrecking the blinds, like tearing shit off the bookshelves, like talking over the lamp. Oh my God. Oh, it's very funny. It's really funny. Yeah. So Brett let her out of the carrier and Brett's just like, oh, I probably should have kept her inside. And Ritter's like, I think she's testing the room for weakness. <laughs> so good. So funny. So then Ambo gets called away right as Bowden is coming in and Bowden's like, the fuck? And Brett's like, that's Veronica. And he's like, what is it doing in my firehouse? Like, what is it doing here? So he basically has Gallo and Ritter take the cat and put her outside in the carrier. So whatever. So Mouch is out like manning the shift or whatever. And he's like making sales left and right. And he doesn't even notice that this woman is like, hey, how much for this? And she points to the cat carrier. Mouch sells Veronica. <laughs> only Mouch, only Mouch. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny. So, um, sorry, I'm getting interrupted here. Um, excuse you, get down. Um, 
Yeah. And so um, they're like, oh my God, like Brett's going to freak out. Like we can't tell her. We got to figure this out. Like, oh my God, Brett's going to lose it. So Brett comes out and she's like, you sold Veronica? Like what? But she's like over the moon. She's like, oh my God, thank God. Like somebody took this cat off my hands. Like I wanted this to happen for so long. And uh, yeah, so she's like, well, how, how short are you of goals? And she's like, dude, I'm going to write you the check to get you to your goal. Like this is my like token of gratitude. You sold the cat. Thank God. And she's like over the moon. So while that's happening, Malch gets a letter. And it turns out that he's being awarded the uh, firefighters award for valor for the save he made a couple of weeks ago. Like the really good one with like the fireball and everything. Yeah. It's just my heart. I love that we're appreciating Mouch so much this season. Like, I love it. I, I love it. Somebody tweeted in the middle of the episode and it was like, 2021 is the year of the Mouch. And I was like, yeah. Heck yeah, it is. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. It's so good. Um, we also find out that Cap brings his letterman he brings his letterman jacket every year because he wants to prove that it still fits that's such a cat move yeah i love too how like when they see it on him at molly's they're like oh damn i guess like we didn't sell the letterman jacket in a match like no actually i sold it like <laughs> i still made the 25 bucks on it it's just so good he's such a mess yeah so funny so oh man okay so megan said firehouse 51 plus a garage sale is tons of funny madness the comic relief storylines keep getting better and better and i really want to know what happened with mouch and small claims court same 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 um and then she said in all caps mouch is finally getting the recognition he deserves i'm so happy for him yeah um ali said gallo and ritter are once again fucking adorable and of course they were too nice to negotiate prices <laughs> she also said also r.i.p for on a cat casey's office will miss you <laughs> Jess said, I don't know who's been writing the comedy storylines lately, but they've been gold. Veronica returning combined with the garage sale was too good. There's too many parts that had me laughing out loud. Mouch going to small claims court, everyone pretending to have allergies to get out of babysitting Veronica, Veronica destroying Casey's quarters, and then of course the moment when Mouch accidentally sold the cat and Sylvie's reaction. Could go on and on, and honestly, I would just end up recounting the whole storyline. It just fit together so well. It so really funny. did, though. I, I died when Veronica was like wrecking the office. It's so good. So funny. The comedy storylines have been so, so good this season. They really have though. And it's just, oh man, I wish we had waited almost to do our top 10 comedy storyline yeah. episode because now I'm like, well, damn, like half of the ones from this season could have made it on there. Right? So funny. So funny. Yeah. Any other notes on fire? Um, nope. That's it. I mean, I feel like all three of these episodes, it's not that they felt filler, but they felt like they were definitely trying to get us to. Yeah, you know. definitely set up for next um, next week. In the yeah, weekend. yeah. But these episodes were kind of like the gap between points A and B. Yeah, yeah. but I, I did really like this one. I, I yeah. really like this one. I mean, the key thing here is that Severide said the M word. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. Severide said the M word. Just like, oh my God. What's I know. happening? All right, stretch it out. It's time. <laughs> it's PD time. We're going to stretch it. Yep. To limber up okay this was a good episode i like this one it's not my favorite but i like this one not my favorite either but yeah very good um gavin harris wrote this one um which mm -hmm. you know the minute you see gavin's name you're like oh shit like buckle up <laughs> um yeah so it's a good one i had to watch it multiple times to fully absorb it because again gavin writes such amazing like layered complex scripts they're so good so, okay, we start this episode and Jay and Haley are on a date. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. 
That's it's as simple as that. Hashtag blessed. Okay. So it's a place that Jay's family has gone to for a long time. Apparently, I think it's Will's birthday is what's going on. And Will, like Jay's dad used to take them there every year. And so that's where they always go for Will's birthday. That's great. So they're in the car talking and Haley's like, oh, like the valet's taking forever. So Jay's like, okay, well, watch this. And he like goes in like parallel parks. Ooh. But fails miserably. Fails miserably. He totally curb checks, which is exactly how I parallel park, like total curb check. Mm -hmm. And Haley's like, yeah, that was the curb, but you're adorable. And then they have like a truck makeout scene. They're so cute. Love it. Love it. Love it. Just so, so cute. Okay. So they come into work hung over hung over upstead so funny so um platt is like hey hank wanted to talk to you about this class you were supposed to teach last night because you missed it and she was like oh like i got it covered what's the big deal and he's like well she says like did you know what was going to be there um i also had a little like chuckle when jay was like okay so whose idea was the second bottle of red jay drinks one red wine he didn't strike me as a red wine drinker does he strike you as a white wine drinker? No, he strikes me as like a whiskey guy. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't also enjoy a nice bottle of wine every now and then. True. That is I true. definitely think he drinks red over white, so. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I could see Haley drinking white, but like, no, Haley's tough stuff. Haley drinks red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, back in the bullpen, Voight just kind of clocks, like, because, I mean, they're, they're, they're in the room getting coffee, Jay and Haley, and as they're walking out, Haley has her hand on Jay's back. And Voight notices it and he just doesn't say anything. I mean, that doesn't mean they're a couple. That could mean anything. Mm. Nosy. It's a little lower than it would Mm. be if you weren't a couple. Yeah. So Haley approaches Hank and is like, hey, something personal came up. Like, it's nothing big. It was just a dinner. That's great. So they get the call for the case and it's, it's basically a home invasion that's going on. And it sounds like this crew that they've been following for a while. So they go in, there's a guy who's been shot. He's barely breathing. This woman has been like brutally attacked. And she basically just tells the whole story how there were these two guys and, you know, one basically just up and shot the husband and like put her in the room because he wanted the pin to the safe to get the jewelry. Um, they basically took everything out of the safe, ran out of the house. That's, that's that. So Kev notes that like, okay, well, they hopped into a BMW. Like, let's just see if one has been missing. That's that. So they go over what they know. The BMW was stolen. They took jewelry. They took the Rolex and all of these other robberies that have been happening. They've got this nexus of like taking items out of a safe. So there's pod footage. They follow it off this exit to go find this, these pawn shops. And they, they split up to, to hit a bunch of these pawn shops. Uh, so the, the big clue comes from Upstead, but there is a funny moment when they're walking into one and Jay's like, Ooh, breaking the case, Michaela or Burgess found a doll for Michaela. (laughs) (laughs) Haley just goes, I hate those dolls. (laughs) It's so cute. It's so funny. So they go into the pawn shop, this guy named Beamer, he, um, saw a car in the area that matches the description. Really? That's about it. So the guy who runs the store has this really long rap sheet. They follow him into a parking garage and it turns out that this guy has seen the Rolex. He just needs to like cough up the information. He just coughs it up somewhere else. So he admits to working with these guys, the, the guys from the robbery. And he's like, okay, I've got a meet set up the next day for the Rolex. Like work with us. Like you can find it. You know, you can, you can bust the guy basically. So this guy, RJ, he changes the location at the last minute and they get like, the guy's really worried, right? So Jay and Haley are like, okay, this could be a hit, but it's probably okay, but it could be a hit. This guy Tolan is like super spooked. So 
Jay and Haley are, you know, they're like, okay, we'll just, we'll go to the district. We'll like, you know, we'll set you up for this. We'll do the buy and everything. And so um, they're going to keep them safe. And they're like, okay, we're going to keep them here. It's too risky. You know, we don't want this guy to get hit or whatever. Well, at that point, Burgess is like, the guy just died. So now you have to. So they go to the meet and they're getting ready for it. And as it's happening, Jay, or yeah, Jay notices a white van that's like slow rolling down the way. Cause again, the Tolan had mentioned that there was a white car, like patrolling his house or like following his house, whatever. So they notice this white van and Jay's like, okay, look, there's something shiny. Like we should roll on this. We need to move. And Boyd's like, no, wait, we're going to run the plates. And Jay does. Jay's like, okay, fine. We're going to wait. That's great. Why? But Haley, something clicks in her and Haley's like, I'm moving right now. Like we're doing this now. And so she defies orders. She moves in. Jay follows, of course, but it's a false alarm. These guys are not the guys they're looking for. It's not a gun. Um, and so Jay's just like, well, fuck. Um, yeah. So now Tolan's cover is blown. So like Jay's like, all right, well, had your back. I mean, that's a bummer. And they try to, like, they explain it to Voight later. And Jay's like, okay, well, that was my fault. I thought it was something that it wasn't. Like, that's just it. And Hank's like, all right, that's fine. But as they walk away, he pulls Haley back. I had the better eye. You said go with your gut. I went with my gut. Yeah, I said gut. I said gut, not heart. What does that mean? Man, I have zero interest in having this conversation, but here we are, so here I go. You and Jay, are you a thing? Does it matter? If it affects how you police, it matters. It sure as hell matters. It was the right move. We made the right call, Sarge. I love how he has to preface this with, I have zero interest in this conversation. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my question is just like, what may, why did she jump like that? Like why, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the big deal. I was like, why, a, why did she move in early? Like, why did she insist on moving in early? And then like, also what was the big deal that she believed Jay over Void? But I mean, the big deal is obviously that she went against her boss. Right. Well, and even like, honestly, and I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion. I don't think Void is that wrong when he says like, if it affects how you police, like it matters. Mm. Like that's the only time it should matter, right? Is like, if it's going to affect how you do your job, especially when your job is this high risk all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it does matter. But like, otherwise, if it's not gonna affect how they do their jobs, then who cares? But like, in this case, it did matter because Jay thought he saw something and Jay was gonna go. And Haley wasn't even sure. She even said, she's like, like, I, you know, I didn't even know, like, I just went with instinct. Well, she says it a little later on. She's like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know what that instinct was. Like, I just did it. So like, was she doing it? If she doesn't even know why she did it, was the only reason that she did it because of that jay yeah i don't know it was it was hard to get a read on that but you know what i'm saying like at that point then it is affecting your policing like so like does it i mean i'm not saying they should break up of course not but like you know what i'm saying like it did affect her policing and like, that's the only time I, I, feel, I do think it matters yeah i would understand if like voight was up to something and Haley didn't trust him in that moment i would understand that but this didn't make sense this was literally Jay making a call. And I understand that like Jay and Voight saw two different things, but Haley's like, no, I'm going to go with Jay for no real reason. I, I, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. And, and it did affect her policing. Cause I mean, obviously you always listen to your boss. Mm -hmm. So did you catch the parallel when she, when he was like, oh, um, he was like, are you and Jay a thing? And she said, does not matter? Did you catch that parallel? Mm -hmm. Cause in 301, when, 
Lindsay comes to go save the day. Hank's like, are you doing this to save your boyfriend? And her response is, does it matter? Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yep. But yeah, Haley's like, no, like we made the right call. We did the right thing. Which like, mm, it's kind of ballsy to save your boss who you didn't listen to in that moment. Whatever. So then, then, because we've already had Truckstead, we've got like making out undercover Upstead, we get Bedstead. My goodness. We were blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag mm-hmm. blessed. What if Voight was right? What if I did take your side because of us? I got nothing but respect for Voight. But Haley, he's out of line here. I made a judgment call. You backed me up. And we've been working that way for years now. I don't know. I moved on instinct. I don't know what instinct. I'm going to talk to Boyd in the morning. No. Let's keep our personal life private. He's the one that went there first, Haley. I know. I get it. But look, this whole work relationship thing is a little bit confusing for me. So maybe we just need to set better boundaries. So no more coming into work at the same time. No more physical contact in the bullpen. I'm sorry. I get it. It's okay. So um, this is just, just a blanket message to all the other one Chicago, one Chicago couples. This is how we communicate. Yes. I, yes. It is how you communicate. At least they are being open about it. Mm-hmm. What they're being open about is a different situation, but at least they are communicating. But this is how we communicate effectively and we don't just like bury what we need and then, you know, have it blow up in other places. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, the part about boundaries, I was like a little, I mean, I get Haley has a lot to go through. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm okay with it, but I still like normally if this was, you know, other couples i'd be like yeah you should really should you really be setting that much boundaries like if so how healthy is your relationship but i get it like it's just you know yeah yeah so uh the next morning Haley's in the bullpen because remember she set that boundary of like we're not coming into work together anymore so she's she's already in the bullpen she's up early ruzik comes in he's like yeah i would have made the exact same call um side note but ruzik has insomnia Hmm. (laughs) wonder what random shit he watches at like three in the morning um but yeah, everyone else comes in and Haley's like, all right, I found a nexus. Like all of the victims worked at the Riverside Athletic Club. And so they chase that lead. So they go talk to some previous victims. And while they're doing that, they get a call for shots fired at another house that's like right down the block. And this is the rough one because they go to the scene and they find out that a child's been killed. Like now we've gone way too far. Why are we ki- shooting kids in two episodes of One Chicago? Good point. Good point. I mean, like, it, why? It, it's unfortunately something that is happening I mean, in Chicago. Yeah, I know. It's just like. I know. But with the baby on med, I was like, you did not have to go that hard. Excuse you. Yeah. Goodness. For real though. So later that night, Haley works on the case at home and like her phone's blowing up and it, she's ignoring texts from Jay. I'm like, can you not do that, please? Like don't. Mm-hmm. On this show, we do not ghost Jay. <laughs> yeah just the same way we have rules of chicago fire we have rules of chicago pd and number one is do not ghost jay <laughs> and don't let avoid don't let avoid is number one don't ghost jay is number two yeah 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 so um 
Haley works on the case at home. She ignores the text, but thanks to like, she's staying up, she's analyzing and stuff. She finds these prints on the car because they, they chased this kid earlier and they basically are able to ID both offenders. Like, good job, Haley. Good job. Um, I feel like I would not be good at the like shooting, chasing, like driving, running type stuff of the job, but the research part, I feel like I'd be good at that. You would be good at that. Yeah, I feel like I would be good at that. The rest of it, I'd be like, you guys go do the heavy lifting. I'll be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, the younger kid, Miguel, he basically has continued to volunteer at this animal shelter that he did community service at. So Jay and Haley are like, cool, we're going to find it. Like, that's great. So um, we also got Rainstead, if that's a thing. I'm just enjoying making up all the different stead (laughs) things that we're getting. So um, yeah, they go to the animal shelter. They find this kid, Miguel, and Jay like chases after him in the pouring rain, which poor Jesse could not have been thrilled about that. Like there's no way. I know. (laughs) Jesse was probably like, I am too old for this shit. Shit. (laughs) Yep. So they get Miguel, they bring him in for questioning, but he will not break and he won't give up anything on rj because rj is this older guy who like almost kind of mentored him like saved him from the homeless shelter and i mean miguel's story is just heartbreaking Mm -hmm. like it's horrible and so um yeah he won't give up anything so take it from here brenna okay so after that platt again Haley's working late at night again because again she's not wanting to be around jay right now so platt comes up to the bullpen and finds her there and Platt immediately knows what's going on. She's like, Haley thinks she's in the doghouse with Voight, and so she's working twice as hard to prove herself. Like, Platt knows what's going on. Always. Nothing gets past her. And she just even says at one point, she's like, sometimes you've got to know when to go home. <laughs> um, also, I love that we've gotten Platt, significant Platt, two weeks in a row. Yeah. It's, um, So she makes a comment about, the valet oh she makes a comment to platt about how the valet took too long on their date the other night and she puts two and two together and realizes that rj worked at the ballet at the athletic club so using that connection or whatever she's able to get rj's previous address and she and jay go sit on the house but it looks like no one's home so Haley wants to go in though and jay is worried about her why do you want this so bad rj murdered a little kid and it's horrific but Haley, i'm asking you what's going on with you just trying to do my job. It's not that complicated. I, I don't know if it's about the job. I think this is about Voight. Voight's my boss, so... I love Voight. But... Getting too close to him, it can be a problem. And it usually doesn't end well. Jay, I'm a cop. He wants to put a murderer in prison. Nothing more. Then we get a warrant and we do it the right way. We don't have time for that. We wait. He could kill somebody else. Oh, this is such a facepalm. It's, yeah. I, Haley, 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 Haley. It's one thing that, okay, so, I mean, the owner of the house is deceased, right? The owner of the house, like, died, like, two months ago or Mm -hmm. something. It's one of RJ's relatives, right? But, like, uh, ah, okay, so she's, like, so intent on getting this guy. She's like, yeah, we got the son of a bitch. I'm like, no, you don't. You went in without a warrant, meaning that any evidence that was obtained is in violation, and it all gets thrown out. You don't well, have the guy. Anyway, so, yeah, so basically what happens is, like, she says, she's like, you know, the thing that bothers me is, so she's like, we don't have time for that. Like, we wait, he could kill someone. Well, that's what I, I mean, yeah, it does. Like, it sucks, but, like, 
that is the situation like you can't just go break the rules just because like you don't have time like it is the way it is you gotta play by the rules of the game i know i've described it that way a million times that's exactly what it is it's a game you've got to play by the rules also just side note it's really weird to hear jay say like i love Voight, but and i'm like (laughs) do you love Voight though are you okay jay blink twice if you need help (laughs) so like you said Haley goes in so jay's like i gotta go after her like i'm not gonna leave her alone so they end up finding the missing items in the house and but then they see car lights outside so basically they go outside rj gets out they start shooting at each other car chase ensues blah 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 jay ends up shooting rj in the head and all is well that ends well this is ridiculous to me okay so one of the questions i had during this episode because hi lawyer i mean whatever um you realize in, in a state, like in a state that uses the castle doctrine, if somebody like got to that house, if like the homeowner arrived at that house and found them inside, they would be well within their right to shoot both of them in defense of their house. Like what Haley did was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Straight up ridiculous. And Illinois is a castle doctrine state. I did find that out. However, there's, um, it's like, it's gotta be, it's something about being non-lethal. I didn't get to research it fully, but I mean, I live in Texas. Everything is lethal here. You know, it's more ridiculous though. Hmm. So Voight arrives on scene and asks what goes down. And Jay literally lies and says they didn't go inside. Voight knew they did, though. Voight had to know. I mean, I know that. But still, Jay lied to protect him. I mean, I get it. Like, this is your girl. But, like, Jay. Jay. And literally, this kind of hit home, though. She was like, after Voight leaves or whatever, she's like, you didn't have to cover me. Like, I didn't force you to go inside. And he's like, well, what was I going to do? Like, I was going to sit there while you go inside yourself or go inside by yourself. And he's like, you jam me up. That's not okay. It's not okay. It's not. It's not. And also, if you think about the outcome of this is that, yeah, they got RJ. That's fine. But there's two women now who are traumatized for life because mm-hmm. Haley didn't follow the rules. And they were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, but no, I think that still could have gone down even if they had just seen RJ outside because they still could have ended up in a car chase situation. That part, you know. But yeah, like, it's just like, Jay lied and covered up for her. And it's just like, I mean, I get why he did it, especially once he explained it like that. But like, Jesus. I know, I know. And and he was mad too. And he, I, I mean. He has every right to be mad. Yeah, he really does. I'm glad, I'm glad that Voight is the kind of leader who sees through that. And so he knows that, he knows Jay lied. So, mm-hmm. you know, that way he can, you know, put a stop to it next time. So at the end of the night, Voight and Haley have this talk back at the district. Jay and I are together. Maybe I should have said something earlier. Maybe... It is affecting things. I don't want to mess up the best job I've ever had. This is the most steady thing I've had in my life the last four years. This job is intense and unpredictable, but that's what I love about it. That's what makes me feel... Safe? Yeah. Is that crazy? Possibly, but that's what makes you good at your job. Maybe, um... Maybe what? Maybe I need a new partner. You and Jay are a good team. I'm not splitting that up. I'll see you tomorrow. 
feeling. Just, just be careful. I know you like to do things your own way. What does that mean? It means I know you. We need Jay just the way he is. Okay. There's a lot here. Mm-hmm. There's Where a lot. Where even start? Well, I like, okay, so it's interesting that it, I found it a little concerning at first that Haley was like, maybe I need a new partner. I was like, well, fuck, Haley, like, why would you say that? But then Hank was like, no, like, you're a good team. I'm not splitting that up. I mean, you could interpret that a couple of ways. They're a good team in that, you know, Jay is the light to Haley's darkness. Mm-hmm. That they balance each other out. So, I mean, I think that's what he meant on that level. I was like, oh, okay, they keep each other in check. That's what that means. I think that's why he even says that, though, at the end, too, because he says, like, I know you. Like, we need Jay just the way he is. Yeah. Jay is the light to Haley's darkness, and if she tries to corrupt Jay, that like, like you said, Jay is the one that balances her out. That's why they work so well. Mm-hmm. But she can't then bring Jay down with her into her evil side because then it won't work anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, I, Hank has her- carefully crafted this team so that, you know, you've got three on each side, right? You've got, like, your hardcore rule breakers over here. You've got Hank, Adam, Haley, and then mm-hmm. you've got Cam, Kevin, and Jay on this side. And that's mm-hmm. why you need to keep Jay exactly how he is because he balances the scales. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. But does that mean, though... In order for, like, in a situation like this where Haley was going to go, Haley want, obviously went inside and then Jay ended up dragging her along with him. So was that saying then that, like, Haley can't police the way, I mean, I guess it's saying that Haley can't police the way she wants to in some situations in order for the balance to stay balanced? She can't. No, she's, she's got she's to gotta listen to Jay. She's got to listen to the team so that, you know, she stays in check because she dragged Jay in with her this time. And that's not what anybody wants. Jay was pissed right. about it. Hank was pissed about it. Like, right. And they're lucky it didn't end up worse than it. it. Like, I mean, they obviously ended up getting the guy and the two girl, other girls were safe. And so they were lucky, but like, it could have been a ton, a lot, a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So that's why she can't, she can't do it her own way. She needs the team to balance her out. She needs the team to keep her in check, which yeah. I guess you could say when, when Hank is like, I know you, I mean, I guess you could say that Hank needs the team in the same way, but Hank just chooses when he doesn't, doesn't want to listen. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I it just, I, I do think, I think Hank, I think Hank has realized that about Haley and I know I've said it before, but I think Hank has recognized that like there's a piece of her that is extremely dark and like they connect on that level because like they, he, he knows her darkness. Like they, they connect on that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that is the episode, but. Oh, and what about the part, what about how um, she's like, yeah, it's intense and unpredictable. Like it makes me feel safe. I was like, oh, Haley. That's mm-hmm. so sad. Yeah. Because it's what she's used to, her mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But you guys had a ton, a ton, a ton to say about this episode. Uh, Megan said, upset is none of Hank's business. Why is he surprised by this? He lets Adam and Kim do their thing scot-free, but this is a problem? I mean... I mean, I but mean, also Adam and Kim technically aren't together right now. Who knows what they are? I mean, Yeah. And that's a whole different situation, too. And, like, but if you do remember, he didn't let Adam and Kim do their whole thing in Not the beginning. First. Yep. Yeah. That's why she, wait, you know, didn't get called up for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, she all, Megan also said, Haley doing major detective work was badass. 
Um, and she also said, I've never been invested, this invested in a case since the earlier seasons. Like this is one of the best of the season. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Allie said, I really love how Haley communicated to Jay about her concerns in the bedroom scene instead of pushing him away and avoiding him. Their communication is what makes them so great as partners. And I'm glad their relationship hasn't changed that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she said, I agree with Voight in saying Upstead is a good team, but now I'm kind of confused as to why he was so insistent on knowing whether they were a thing since he still kept them as partners after finding out they were together. I think he just wanted some clarity on why Haley was acting the way she was. Yeah. And he just doesn't like being lied to. Well, that and he prefaced it. He was like, I have zero interest in this conversation, but I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she said, I took Boyd's line at the end to mean that he doesn't want Haley's way of policing to taint Jay's, which once again brings up how differently they approach the job now. I really liked how Haley challenged Boyd at the beginning, just like Jay did, but now she's done a full 180, which I'm not sure how I feel about. It also brings up the question of whether that could be a deal breaker for Upstead in the future as two dating cops. I really hope not. It goes back to what you said a couple when, when we had the Upstead episode a couple of weeks back, how you were like, they're going to have to have a conversation about this. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to need to find a happy medium. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying, and that's why it also kind of bothered me. Like I get right now why Haley was setting boundaries. She's new, like she's never really had a relationship this much that she cares about, especially not one with another cop, mm -hmm. but like, it can't always be like this. Right. Like, it's okay for right now. And Jay understands that, like, she's got to kind of figure it out. But, like, it's got to be figured out eventually, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, Jess said, I do think they did a good job at looking at Haley's style of policing and the implications that it can have, not only for herself, but also for the other members of your unit and Jay in particular. It's not something I was sure PD ever would address or would ever address so blatantly, but I think it's important that they did so. And I hope that it will be brought up in the last two episodes of the season. I think this has the potential to really drive a wedge between upset, which is rude considering <laughs> they literally just got together and she could be facing a choice in the near future between Jay and Voight and two different styles of policing they represent. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we didn't even mention how um, Jay was kind of like telling her cautionary words about Voight. She, he was like, you know, you don't want to get too close to him. Like I've seen how it goes mm -hmm. and it doesn't end well. Yeah. 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 So um, Hannah said so much to talk about with Upstead after that episode. The main thing that stood out was the end scene. After Jay calling Haley out for putting him in a tough spot, she finally faced the music that her relationship was influencing her work. Haley bringing up that she maybe needed to change partners showed she really doesn't want to lose Jay, but she doesn't want to lose the job either. When Voight tells Haley we need Jay just the way he is, he's essentially telling her that if she doesn't change the way she does her job, she'll influence him in a negative way. Yeah. And she knows this. We saw Jay lie for her, which he obviously was not happy about doing. I think next season we'll see her continue to try and grow and be better, like she told Jay she wanted to do in 811. So that brings up a good point. Does What does Haley think about this? Does Haley want Jay to get on her level of policing? Or does Haley understand what Jay brings on his end? I think she understands what Jay brings on her end. But I think... I think it all goes back to Haley's new at trying to navigate this like gray area mm -hmm. of like being in a relationship with someone you also work so closely with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's more of her issue is she just doesn't know how to navigate it all. Mm -hmm. I don't think she wants to change anything. And like that, you know, I think she obviously fell in love with Jay for a reason, right? Like she knows the style of policing who he's as a person. And I think that's part of the reason why she fell in love with him. Right. So I don't think that's, you know, it, I think it's just more of the gray area and she doesn't know how to navigate it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
Um, she also said, also, can we point out how Voight was not happy about Jay and Haley being partnered if they were in a relationship, but then says he won't split them up? To me, it was him kind of implying he wants Haley to choose her partnership with Jay over her relationship with Jay, rather than try to figure out a way to make both happen. Not saying that both can't happen at the same time, but based off this episode, I think it'll take some growth and time on Haley's part for it to work well. Yeah, it will. She'll I get mean, it, though. Voight never likes for anyone in his unit to be in a relationship with someone else in the unit, so... Yeah. Um, Carmen said, was this the end of Haley's lone wolf robbery homicide-like days? Hmm. As much as I didn't like it, I got why she reacted like that. After a meritorious promotion that she couldn't talk about while she happened to be dating her sergeant, no wonder she felt uncomfortable when Voight didn't just question her relationship, but whether or not her judgment and her ability as a cop was affected by her relationship. Interesting. Um, she also said, I was more annoyed with Voight because we've had this conversation before, but unlike Lynn said, I don't get where he was coming from. Besides missing a random academy a class she was going to teach, which she got someone to cover for, what else has she truly messed up on? Yes, 811 wasn't great by any means, but even Voight seemed to understand why Haley acted like that for that episode. But now what, what point was he trying to make? He's annoyed with them for keeping civilian safety in mind. He's trying to have it both ways. He's annoyed with Upton. He's annoyed with Upton that uh, he's annoyed with Upton that acts like him. Yet also annoyed when she sides with Halstead. He can't have it both ways. If Voight can't make up his mind as to how he wants Haley to act, it's not surprising that Haley still doesn't know either. She has some sort of connection to the chaos of that job in intelligence, which is tied to the way Voight operates. But because but because Voight gave her his approval on Upset as both partners and the relationship, I'm not sure how it's going to affect this. Does this mean we're going to see more Upset standing up to Voight? I, yeah, I guess that's a lingering question. Is you know, does Haley go over to Jay's side? Does Jay go over to Haley's side, or do they figure it out? I think they figure it out or they need yeah. to let's put it this way they need to they need it's to the only way I think this survives yeah big time big time Samantha said the fact that Haley asked for another partner broke my heart right um mm -hmm. she went from asking Voight not to separate them and asking him to put them back as partners last season because they're good together to now wanting a different partner because she thinks Jay affects her too much they've always had an effect on each other it's part of what makes them so great together being an official couple is not going to change that. Voight not separating them as partners might be the best decision he's ever made. I love how he told Haley that they need Jay just the way he is. Jay is not just Haley's moral compass. He's Voight's too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a really good point. I think Antonio used to be that for him, but now that he's gone, I think it's all Jay. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, it's yeah. been Jay for a while. Yeah. Jay is not just, uh, well, let me see. I was, I was just about to read that line again. He helps them see right from wrong and they both need that balance. Not only that, but separating them wouldn't really be doing Haley any good. Voight knows that Haley needs to figure herself out and learn how to balance the relationship. Running away from the problem, so to speak, isn't going to do her or the unit any good. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting points there for sure. Big time, big time, big time. So any other notes on PD? definitely i don't know how much of this we'll see play out in the last couple episodes because i think obviously the last couple episodes are setting up well the last there's not that many more episodes next week episode will set up for the finale and i don't know how much upset we'll get there but next season yeah. i think this is going to continue to be like a big um issue yeah yeah so yep yeah so all right that's about all we've got for today um it's shorter than usual, but I think it's just because we're emotionally exhausted. Deadline took the wind out of our sails this week. Yeah, um, and these episodes, I mean, I liked them. I mean, I think Fire was my favorite of the three, but mm -hmm. it really, like you said, not that they're filler episodes, but they're just setting up for the next two weeks of 
what I'm sure is going to be chaos and drama and I'm going to cry and I'm going to laugh and yeah. And you guys are going to cry and laugh and oh yeah, stay tuned because we've got interviews coming with people that you don't know about yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 It's going to be a pretty wild two weeks. So (laughs) yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. So um, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Just Meet Us at Molly's everywhere. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month, please head to the link in our socials and feel free to check out our Patreon group. Um, you can choose the different perks and see which tier is right for you. Uh, don't forget we're doing the patron happy hour on June 3rd. That'll be fun. Um, if you like the podcast, which we really hope you do because you've made it to the end of this episode, uh, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we would so greatly appreciate that. Uh, I know I keep saying, um, I'm like, I don't know what else to say. Oh, follow us individually on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. Totally normal schedule going forward. We have, we do have our first interview set up for next week. Uh, we don't know when you'll hear that yet, but you will. And yeah, in the meantime, you know, everybody just have a good weekend and, and, and we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, by the time we talk to you next week, we might have broken 10,000 followers on Twitter. We How so crazy close. is that? What are we at right now? So we can document it. We were at 99.72 before we started recording. We're at, so we're at two- 99.77. What? As of 10.15 PM Eastern on Thursday night. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. We'll probably have broken 10,000 Twitter followers, which is bananas. Probably by the time this comes up. Can all 10,000 of you please go follow us on Instagram so we can get verified over there too? (laughs) We really want to get Instagram verified. If you guys can help us, that would be amazing. So, all right. Uh, Everybody have a good weekend. Have fun and have a good weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.